Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, hello, how are you doing? I feel like I need to do all of my intros. I almost feel like it's super fitting right now. Let's go ahead and do it. Let's start, let's start right here. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, how are you doing? I am Jason Heine. This is the Emulator Review. Thanks for tuning in. How about this one? Hello, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Jason Heine. This is the All Gen Gamers Podcast. I'm here with our good friend, Mr. Pete Dorr. Pete, what's up? And Mr. Games the 81, ladies and gentlemen. John, what's up? The Happy Console Gamer. Johnny, what's going on? Of course, Mr. Metal Jesus. MJR, what's going on, man? And the sexiest of them all, Mr. Sexy Ben. What's up, Ben? Feels almost fitting. How about this one? Hey, what up, y'all? Welcome back to the Heine House. I'm Jason. Welcome to Heine House Live. It's good to see you all. Thanks for being here. Uh, folks, this is a, a man. I, as we look back, we look back. It's been 10 years since I launched my YouTube channel. January 6th, 2010 is when I created my channel. And I was already prepared to release videos. I was, my gun was loaded. I was ready to go. We're going to talk about all of that in this episode. January 11th is when I released my very first video. It was RC Pro-Am on NES. I have so much to talk about and so much to say about the last 10 years. So much has happened. In fact, I've actually never done a video like this before. This is the first time. In 10 years, I've never really done a retrospective. I've never really actually sat down thought about my past, critically thought about my past, and just started to type and just put my notes, my thoughts, and everything that happened down on paper. I'm at 10 pages of notes, and I can go on, and I decided to stop at 10. It's crazy when you consider all that's happened in 10 years. and such, In the grand scheme of your life, so many things happen in such a short period of time. I am full of so much emotion. I'm full of love and appreciation. Uh, I'm full of anger and frustration, full of sadness, depression, anxiety. So many things that, that I battle and that we all battle together, all of us. And I think that's my thing is that I'm no different than any other person, you know? And I just feel that it's good to talk about things. It's good to open up. It's good to, uh, to talk about it because it helps understand. It helps to heal. It helps to acknowledge. It helps to get over it, accomplish it, and move on. And sometimes that's all of those are the most difficult part. <laughs> For me, they are anyway. It's very difficult. I want to talk about my last 10 years. This originally started about, I started to make these notes about the last 10 years of my YouTube career. And as I started typing, it quickly changed. No, it didn't change. It quickly evolved into much, much more. It started to become apparent. I'm talking about things that happened in my life. Because this happened, that meant this and this and this happened. And they all tied in together. It all came back to YouTube, to me being online, to me putting myself out there, to me meeting somebody, uh, being introduced to somebody, opportunities coming up, things happening, things being developed, produced, 
things being creative, creativity. You know, there's a lot that's going on. I, again, I have 10 pages of stuff. And I feel if you want to just not listen to this, that's that's totally fine. If you are one of those people that don't have a long attention span, I know we live in a world where no one has an attention span longer than a minute. And I get that. I understand that. But you know what? I'm still going to sit here and I'm still going to talk about stuff. And I'm still going to put this out there because I want to. And I'm I'm happy and I'm thankful and I'm appreciative of all of us have come together. And sure, the, the people the people that watched back in 2010 or, or listened to my several podcasts and people that may have watched a video game review I did or maybe a live drum event or something else, maybe they're not around anymore. But I still appreciate them all. And you know, a lot of people are. I get lots of people who talk about it still. All the stuff that has happened in the last 10 years. And so I want to look back. I want to do a retrospective and I want to thank everyone. I want to show my love and appreciation for this because it means so much to me. I'm going to speak candid about stuff. I'm going to speak openly and I'm going to speak honestly about stuff. And I'm going to talk about things that maybe might be a little uncomfortable for you. And you know what? That's okay. You know, that's okay. We're all adults here. We can talk about stuff. It's all good. This is good. I think it's awesome. I'll talk about my start in YouTube, how it came to be. I want to talk about how it began. Talk about the rise and fall of YouTube. I'm going to talk about people that I've worked with, people that I know. Talk about all-gen gamers. I'm going to talk about my, my work at the music store and how that fell apart and how it led to this and that. I'm going to talk about Game On Expo. I'm going to talk about my music, my drumming, my live shows my evolution, my rebranding. There's a lot that's going on. It's really, really cool when you sit and think about it. So I was going to make this as a video, a YouTube video, which I'm doing right now. And I thought, you know what? This would actually be a really fantastic podcast episode. So I'm going to just publish it both as a YouTube video and I'm going to make it a podcast episode. So there's the plug for that. I do podcasts every week. Heine House Live is called. It's just like this. You're looking at it. It's fantastic. I love it. Thank you, all Gen Gamers. Thank you, Music, Games, and Gear. Thank you. Like, I love the podcast. Thank you all of the people who have listened to inspire me to continue to do this. I'm here still doing it, kicking. Yes. Let's talk about, let's talk about the beginning. Let's talk about the early. Now, this is probably gonna be a long ass motherfucking episode. I'm gonna just tell you that right now. <laughs> and I don't really care how long it is. This is gonna be great. Because you know what? Fact and reality is, it really makes me sad to think about it, but reality is, is that I may come back to this in 10 years time or 15 or 20. Maybe I'll never come back. Maybe I don't want to sound morbid folks, but guess what? No one I know has ever made it out alive. Maybe I'll die tomorrow or the next day. Maybe I just won't be here anymore. And you know what? Then what? then here you are sitting here watching this, listening to this. And it may help inspire you. It may help create something that's bigger than me. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just a big piece of shit. I don't know. I don't know. But reality is, is I'm here right now. I'm doing this right now. And I feel good about it. And I want to take you along with me. If you care to listen. And if you do not, no disrespect. I still love you. 
I went to college in 2008 for audio engineering. Most of you know that. Most of you know some of the shit I'm going to be talking about, but not all. I, uh, I left um, in 2007, came down here to Arizona, prepared my stuff, and went to college in 2008. It was a fantastic year, probably the most difficult year of my life. Uh, I ended up being up 24 hours a day, seven days a week, taking advantage as much as I could. Uh, I went to the Conservatory of Recording Arts and Sciences. That's a, a, a college here locally. And they specialized in everything audio engineering. It was eye-opening. It was fantastic. Now, I had been fucking with audio for 10 years prior. Easy. Actually, longer. No, yeah, yeah. About 12 years prior. And so I wanted to polish it up, make it official, learn what the buttons and knobs do, and then apply that to my life. So I decided to do that. Did great in college. It was very stressful. Yeah, I averaged about two hours of sleep a night. It was, it was brutal. I drank a lot of coffee, drank a lot of energy drinks, started to lose my hair, started to get fat. It was rough. It was rough. It was brutal. It was hard on my body. Stuff that I'm still dealing with to this day. It's hard. It's hard. But that went fantastic. I met my classmates. They were amazing. We actually formed a bond, a very close relationship. Come to find out one of my classmates had a business venture uh, that it was all basically ready to go. Things were fantastic, set in stone. I uh, wanted to build a facility in Colorado, a recording studio, an oasis up in the Rocky Mountains. Sounded marvelous, sounded magical almost. Well, it would have been. It was. I was all in. Two of my other classmates were all in. We even had some teachers that taught at that college who were also in. They were going to leave the school, leave teaching to come with us and build this facility. And we all almost did. When I graduated college, I knew I was going to Colorado to start the studio. Things were in order. Things were in place. Salaries were discussed. Even the plot of land I was going to live on was discussed and shown to me. I move out to Colorado after graduating. It's uh, August. It's in the summertime. Hot as fuck here in the desert. I move out. It, uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful uh, Colorado summertime. It's the best. It's lovely. Here I am, 6,000 feet in the air, looking at Pikes Peak right out of my window. It's beautiful. Picturesque. Long story short, things don't pan out the way they're supposed to go. And that's okay. We can work with stuff. But when there's absolutely nothing, nothing of truth to anything that had been discussed prior that's a big problem. When I move out there, I come to find out that this guy we all moved out with, who was, he had originally lived there. He was from there. He'd been planning this out since the 80s. He showed me blueprints. He showed me this. He showed me that. Like, what? It's unbelievable when you see this stuff. You would not believe that it was fake or that he was lying or he was super ambitious. It's crazy. I, I realize I'm in trouble, big trouble. I just packed all my shit up and moved to Colorado for this. And there's nothing here. The dude couldn't even afford his groceries. I actually talk about it in a song on uh, my 2012 album, Nothing's Forever. It's a song called Called Out. You should go listen to it. It's on Spotify. Go check it out. I talk about all of this, this exact situation in one song. All of it's true. I have time now to take up a hobby. <laughs> I have a little bit of savings saved up. 
that I saved up to go to college. Uh, so I have enough to get me through the year there in Colorado, but nothing after. So I'm, I'm kind of panicking. I'm like, shit, unless I find a job out here, this is going to go, this is going to go pretty bad. Uh, I found a hobby. Um, my hobby was, uh, buying and fixing arcade games, which I did. I purchased killer instinct one, my all time favorite game. Um, killer instinct two came with a package, kind of a good deal on that. That's a story for another time. Virtual racing. I got for 300 bucks, super cheap guy wanted it out of his garage. I snagged that. I picked up Mario brothers, wide body cabinet, which had Tetris in it. I got that for 50 bucks. I've told the story, another story for another time though. And I picked up my amazing Mortal Kombat 2. All huge midway, huge hits here. Just classic, amazing fighting game. I love these games. Those are my, my, my gems. Those are so good. And I ended up repairing them and, and working on them and fixing them. It was pretty fantastic. I have videos. I have stories about all this stuff. I can tell another time. And uh, that was kind of like my life for a while there. Um, I was playing a lot of... Uh, I was gaming a lot. I was staying home. I wasn't spending any money trying to just live cheap, eat cheap. I ate a lot of fast food. Uh, there's this Asian place called Walk 2000 down the street. I ate there a shitload. They like knew me by name pretty much. Uh, there's a place called Drifters Burgers. I ate there a lot. A lot of good burgers there. But yeah, it was a really interesting time for me because I started to shift into a state of extreme depression. For the very first time in my life, I started to shift and go down this rabbit hole in the, into depression, which I've never been in before. I've never really experienced that. Um, I've been pretty level-headed most of my life, and I've been pretty, pretty cl cut clear of what I wanted, what I was going for, what I was doing, and I would usually uh, follow through with that. So when I'm being put out like this, it was very, very difficult, and I didn't. I knew I was in a bad spot. So I kind of got depressed and I stayed inside. I remember buying um, Excite, uh, Excite bots in 2009 while living in Colorado. It was one of the only times I got out of the house. I probably smelled like a horse's asshole when I walked in the game shop. Game shop. I walked in there and they were probably like, Jesus Christ, who is this guy? And I'm like, you know, I've been, I've been two months. I've been sitting in bed in my own, in my own feces. I've been, I have a piss jug and a shit bucket next to me. I'm just trying to buy Excitebots. <laughs> I bought Excitebots, went home, just sat through it. I had a projector set up on my wall in my room. I just sat in there with my cat and we, we played the game and I made sure she was fed and cuddled and warm. And that's, that's all I cared about. It's pretty fantastic. But at towards the mid, middle part of the year, I started to think about, I was watching YouTube. I was watching YouTube and I was watching somebody called Gamester81. Real cool guy. I was also watching somebody named Pete Dorr. One of the only two out there that were doing some video game. Well, there's, there were a few others. But those are the two I was watching at the time. And uh, they were show, showing off their collection. And Gamester showed off his amazing consoles and his console collection. And Mr. Pete was talking about all of his uh, his Xbox 360 games and his collection and a bunch of videos. It was a good time. It was a really good time. Sitting there in their dark lit room with their webcams, trying to show a game. Couldn't even see what the fuck the game was. You know, these are the early days of YouTube. This is this is pretty much, you know, the, the earliest that I can remember of watching um, these guys. Um, who I'd watch a lot. I watch when they'd upload and subscribe to their channels early on. Um, 
And I, just so you guys know, I have this laptop up here. I have 10 pages of notes, so excuse me. I'm going to reference them from time to time. I want to make sure I keep this in chronological order. <laughs> so yeah, I'm watching them on YouTube and I'm just loving it. Because prior to me even seeing them, I'm watching the uh, Angry Video Game Nerd. Or the angry Nintendo nerd that was known before he changed his name. I remember those days too. And I was laughing. I'm dying laughing because he's reviewing these games that I know are so difficult. He's playing Castlevania. He's playing all these games. They're fucking hard and terrible. And I say hard and terrible. It's like, you know, they, they were difficult. Some of these games are brutal. Like his first video, Castlevania, go watch it. He's, he talks about how difficult it is. You guys know how difficult it is. I started to think started to watch all these guys. And I'm like, man, this, this looks like fun. And I'm like, well, fucking A. I've, I've, you guys know I've never gotten rid of anything I've ever collected in my life. Never. I have all these games. I have all these consoles. I have all these fucking games. I got these arcade games. I love audio. I love music. I love technology. I love cameras. I've always had a camera on my face as a kid growing up all the time. My dad filmed everything. I've been around this shit. I started to think, why don't I do YouTube? This sounds like fun. This would be a great way for me to incorporate all of my hobbies, all of my passions, everything I like, put it into one. And I started to think, I can do this. Oh, holy shit. I can actually do this. This is really cool. So I started to think in those ways, in those terms, started to think, I can do this. And I thought, why don't I do something high quality? There's not, there's not a lot of high quality content out there. Remember, YouTube in this day, in 2008, 2009, we are on the early days of HD, all right? Consumer level HD didn't really exist just yet. I mean, it did, but it was so far out of reach. If you had 1080p, you were fucking working for Sony or something. Like it was, it was, it was out there. So I started to think, instead of using a crappy webcam, why don't we step it up? Why don't we, why don't I figure out how to get high quality video? That was my number one. Cause I didn't know anything about that, but I knew about audio. I knew about that. I knew about radio and broadcast. I knew about DJing. I knew about uh, having a personality. I knew about being in front of people, performing. I knew about presenting something. I thought, man, I can do a show. And here was my criteria. Here's what it was. My quest was on. The plan was put into place. I wanted to figure out how to bring a high quality HD, 1080p, if I could, video of me doing video game reviews as opposed to doing some sort of comedy like uh, angry video game nerd or doing sort of like a, just like a showcase like Pete and John were doing. I wanted to actually do a, a high quality review that was fun, educational, something of extremely high quality, something that would last the test of time, something that people could, you know, laugh at and have fun, maybe get some comedy involved. You'll hear that in my early videos too. I talk about comedy. Um, and I want it to be something that would feature all of my passions, all of my talents, everything in one. I also wanted these videos to be kind of a, a, a launch pad, a, a springboard, if you will, to showcase my music. I remember in the early days of YouTube, there was lots of copyright issues going on. I never dealt with any of that because I use my own music, always have. That or I'll do a remix of it or something of that nature. So that way I could promote my own music, whether it be originals and instrumentals or do video game remixes and so on. 
I also thought it'd be really cool to get HD footage on these classic consoles that look like garbage anyway, to try to bring them out and make them look better. And I had growing pains with that too, when learning about letterboxing and widescreen and stretching, 4x3, 16x9, these are all terms I had no idea about back then. And you'll see in some of my early videos, it's a little rough. I stretch out some of the NES games and it looks fucked up. And you'll have a reason. I'll tell you a reason why that is later on. So speaking about the audio and the music department of this, my new YouTube channel was being created because I wanted, again, to have a launch pad for all these things that I love to do. Something that's a fun hobby. But an early plan that I had was also to, when I review a game, I would take a song from that game and create a video game remix out of it. This is something that I did for a long time. If you go back and listen to uh, any of my earlier videos in 2010, 2011, go look at some of the video game reviews. And you'll hear uh, a song in there. And sometimes I just kind of slide it in. You don't really, uh, I don't really promote it or anything, but you'll hear a video game remix, whether that be I drop a bass line or a beat behind it, add some drums, I sample it, do some remixing. And I have fun. I usually, I used to put a link to the song in the description, but those sites have since closed up. That was Noise Trade and a bunch of others. They're since gone. Um, so I don't think I even have the links to them on there anymore, but my website, my website, however, has all of them though. You can go check them out there. Um, heinyhouse.com. Um, believe it or not, um, you know, other than angry video game nerd, no other YouTubers were really out there doing high quality retro stuff back then. I know I've said that before, but even the AVGN, remember he was doing four, 480p. In the early days, this is, you know, standard definition footage. Um, so I knew I had, I knew I had a tough challenge in front of me. I knew I had to really figure this out. I wasn't afraid of looking at whatever the gear may be. Um, I was afraid of the price and the cost involved. And also, I didn't know how in the fuck I was going to capture video game footage and do all this sort of thing early on. I didn't know, you know, anything about a capture card. You know, we're, we didn't even have... We didn't have those devices back then. So it was definitely rough. I was like, am I gonna have to get a VCR and plug it into that and, you know, route that? And yeah, actually, yeah, that's that's a good way to do it back then. So I was brainstorming. I was putting together all these ideas and these concepts to do all the things I just talked about. 2009, here I am, Colorado, in the wintertime. This is later on in the year. Deadline's getting closer and closer for me to move out of my place and I have no fucking where to go. And I'm freaking out because I have now I've stopped talking to all of my partners, my colleagues, my uh, classroom homies that um, we're all, all of us are in the same boat. We're all fucked. We moved out there for nothing. One guy's from Indiana. One guy's from Jersey. One guy's, I mean, they're like, what the fuck are we going to do? So I just hibernate. I get up in there and I hibernate. And I stay in there for a long time and I plan this whole YouTube channel out. And I brainstorm, I think about it. What am I going to do? What am I going to do? Well, I don't know what I'm going to do yet, but I'm going to start working on video footage. I'm going to start recording my consoles. I'm going to start recording these games. So I say, okay, here's my list. I want to make 20 games to start here. So that was what I did. I said, here's 20 games. I wrote them all out. And I said, we're going to start from the, the top of the list, which is RC Prime. And I'm going to work down my list and try to figure out how to do reviews of these games. I want them to be something I'm passionate about, something that I knew a ton of info about, games that I know about so that it's not a struggle. Um, I don't want to go read articles about anything. I want to give an honest impression, an honest review of these games that I grew up with, 
These are games that I was there for launch. I was there day one. I understand the the impact that they had. And I wanted to express that and talk about it. So I made a list of about 20 games that came up. And there was a mixture between um, fighting games. And you'll see Super Nintendo games, NES games. All right, there's a bunch of, there's some arcade games in there. I think Drift Out, I talk about Mortal Kombat 2 and talk about a bunch of others. I stayed up late at night. Well, I remember this one night, I just could not sleep. I, I was like laying in bed. I'm like, what is the name going to be? I could not think of the name. I could not figure out what the best name will be for my channel. Couldn't figure it out. I came up with a bunch of ideas, a lot of different topics. And then it just came to me. It just came to me one night. I'm laying there in bed. It's like three or four in the morning. Cold as shit. Probably was snowing outside. Who knows? I came up with the emulator review. Like emulator review. And then it hit me. And I was like the EMU review. EMU review. I'm like, oh shit, that's that's actually really nice. If one, it flows off the tongue really nice. It rhymes. It, it, it flows well. The EMU review. Oh, that's okay. And it's the emulator review. Okay. Because what I can do, and here's my thinking, folks. This is me back in 2009. Here's my thinking. Here's the real concept here. This is what I was thinking. If I... If I brand myself as the emulator review, that means that I don't have to be held down to what I have next to me, all right? What if it's a game that was never released in the U.S.? What if it was a game that never, you know, never came uh, to this part of the world? What if, what if it's just some random arcade game that I can't get a hold of? What if it's an old game from the 70s or early 80s that the arcade machine doesn't exist and I want to review that? What if it's an old light gun game and, you know, I can try to get it on MAME and record it and talk about light gun games. This was my thinking. Like, why be tied down? Why be tied down to just review? Oh, I'm the video game reviewer. You know, like, why be tied down to just one thing? Well, what I didn't really realize is, you know, emulators uh, are pro and con. It's drama or celebrate. And it's very, um, very dramatic in that emulator world. And as we've seen through the last 10 years, it has been very problematic. Uh, companies and there's been a lot of people suing each other and a lot of, uh, is it legal? Is it not legal? Is it right? Is it wrong? Is it morally right? Is it morally wrong? There's been a lot of debate. And the fact is, is all these companies use emulation today to get these games. Like even on my Switch, I'm playing, I'm playing emulated games from their own ROMs, their own emulation. So I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is great. You know, I'm playing emulation's great. I'm playing on my Wii Virtual Console. I'm playing NES games. I'm, I'm this is great. I mean, emulation's fantastic. This is what I think about. I didn't realize the impact that it really had in the community, what these companies really thought of it. I didn't look at it that way. I didn't look at it that way at all. And choosing that name was actually one of my biggest downfalls uh, on YouTube, the EME Review. Because I was known as, oh, I don't know, the emulator fucking review. I review emulators. It's in my fucking name. <laughs> Which I don't, though. Oh, it was rough. What did I do? I really fucked that one. I really screwed the pooch on that one. I'll tell you what. I wish I could go back and redo it. I really fucking wish I could go back and redo it. Because I feel like that was a huge part of me not taking off like my counterparts. I really do. I feel like that was a big part of it early on. And that was rough. There are a lot of other things too. We're going to talk about them in this episode. I'm going to go through it. So that was the reason why I picked that name. 
after that was decided, I got really excited and I decided to, uh, you know, pack up my stuff. That was towards the end of my, uh, my time there in Colorado and ended up moving back to Arizona. Luckily my parents had just got a house. They'd retired and just got a house down here in Arizona. The timing was perfect. I'm very close with my parents. We're, we have a very close relationship. We always have. They are not only my parents, but they're my best friends. They always have been. And they haven't not only been best friends to me, but they've been best friends and embracing with warmth and love and support to everyone who's come through the Heine house. This is the big reason why I have branded, rebranded and, and called myself the Heine house because the Heine house has always been the place to be, the place to come when people ha- need a place to go somewhere warm, somewhere happy, somewhere fun, come play games, come stay the night, do whatever you need to do. Come to the Heine house. We are here for you. My family, we're all open arms. The doors are open. This is a warm and welcoming place. This is the place where I get down with my music. We're drumming, we're playing, we're doing things, we're performing, we're having a good time, we're partying, events, Halloween, birthdays, Christmas, 4th of July, New Year's, we're partying, we're dancing. My dad sets up speakers in the fucking driveway. We shut and we park cars at the end of the streets and block off the road and have a fucking party in the middle of the street. Light fireworks. That's the Heine house. That's a party. I wish you all could could be there. And that's what I'm trying to do with, with Heine House Entertainment is give you a little piece of something fun that I can hopefully bring to you and enlighten with, with content, with thrifting, with music, with, with all these things. I want to share that with you. I want to embrace you guys with it. I want, you know, I just want us all just to have a good time. That's what it's about. So my parents, they bought a house, they retired and bought a house in Arizona. It was perfect timing. I called them up. I said, look, this is, I made a mistake here. You know, I fucked up and I'm here and it's done. And I don't know what to do because I'm fucking broke and I'm out here by myself. It's negative 20 degrees and my fucking balls are freezing. And I don't know what to do. And they said, look, we're getting a house. And I knew they were looking at getting a house, but they said, we're going to move forward with the house. We're going to do it. Why don't we do this? We'll get the house. You go move into it and we'll sell our house up in Oregon. It'll give you time to get in there, give you a place to go. They saved my ass. They saved my ass. My parents did. And I love them for it. And I said, I love you guys. This is perfect. And I will take care of the house and do whatever needs to be done for as long as you need. And it worked out great. I packed up my shit in a big ass Penske and a fucking frigid ass cold. And I left that apartment in Colorado Springs and I headed to the sunshine in Arizona. You know, oddly, I didn't go in and secure the name, the EME review at first either. I just didn't think about that. It's really interesting. Like today I'll go to Google and I'll type in like a name or something like, oh, is this available? And it's like, oh yeah, the EME review 4826121 is available. Oh, perfect. Oh, I'll just take that. But back then I didn't think about it. I was like, oh, no one's going to take the EME review, the emulator review. Who the fuck's going to take that? Oh, no one. No one. I waited. I waited for a while. Had a few months there to, uh, to move in and settle in. So December, here we are moving forward. I have this all in year. I'm breaking this down by year too, folks. Hope you like stories. I, I, I think story time is in order here. You better have popcorn. You better go get a fucking drink and popcorn and uh, pause the podcast. If that's where you pause the YouTube video, get your ass in there, get some popcorn, get some drink. I got my big ass water. Look, I'm trying to drink more water, folks. For fuck's sake. Trying to. Jesus. I always said it. You know, if water tasted better, I'd drink it. Okay. 
here we are, December 2009 into January 2010. Uh, I knew absolutely nothing about video editing. I had never actually edited video before. Absolutely nothing. I'll say that again. So I set out to experiment with iMovie HD. This is from 2006. My brother had uh, an iBook. Remember those? iBook. It's what, the, it's what the MacBook became. But back in the day, it was called iBook. He had a copy of iMovie HD from 2006 that was installed on his computer. So what I did was I just, this is crazy. You wouldn't believe it. I just copied it over on a CD. Uh, or maybe it was the flash drive. Maybe I had a one gig flash drive or something. I copied it over, put it into my computer, drug it from there onto my dock, clicked it, and the program launched. Voila, it fucking launched. So I'm excited because I have iMovie HD now on my MacBook. For some reason, it didn't have iMovie at all. And maybe it was something weird because I got this MacBook in 2008 while I was in college. In fact, it's the, I'm, it's the fucking MacBook that's, wish you could see it. It's right here to my left. I use it for the soundboard, only for the soundboard for my podcast. I used it for All Gen Gamers. I used it for Heine House Live. I still use it to this day. It fucking still works, but it only does the soundboard. It won't even go online. Safari not supported. Chrome, uh, Chrome not supported. Um, fucking Firefox not supported. Nothing supported. It will not go online. So I use it for a soundboard. It's great. I have this old ass soundboard program on it. So anyway, I get iMovie HD from my brother's computer, right? I drag it over, I drop it in. I'm like, all right, this is fucking legit. I can now edit video. And I start working on figuring out how to get video into the computer. And I end up figuring it out. Um, I used an old capture card, an old Sony uh, Hi8 player. It was a Hi8 player that we used to play back our, our Hi8 and um, Digital 8 videos. It had analog ins. It had S video in and analog in, red, white, and yellow. So I would plug the consoles directly into that. I then would plug an S video cable on the output of that, and that would go to my TV via S video. And then I'd run the audio out to my speakers or to my TV, and it would play back. So I would actually use this old ass Hi8 player that Sony makes. I don't know what it is. This is a GVD something, 800, 8,000, something. Something like that. And I use that to capture footage. And it has a uh, iLink DV out. So I would take that out and go in via Firewire into my, uh, my, um, uh, my PC at the time. I didn't have my iMac yet. That's coming. Um, this would also actually, hold on. My PC, which was a Dell XPS, and also I tried to capture it right here on this MacBook, which has a FireWire 400 port on the side of it. So I would use the iLink. I know we're getting geeky. I know. Hold your horses. iLink, which was crazy to have a digital out on this old analog gear, by the way. That's why I used it. It was fantastic. iLink digital cable out into FireWire 400 into my MacBook, and then I would capture it in iMovie. Fucking insane. It took me so long to do videos. You don't even know. So I'm, I'm figuring this out. .mov, .mp4, 16 by 9, 4 by 3. All these things are new terms to me in my, in my world. And so I'm learning. I'm figuring this out. It was very rough in the early days. iMovie HD gave me one video track 
one video track and two audio tracks, two stereo audio tracks. That's right. So I could have one for the game audio and one for my voiceover. That's right. So if I wanted music or audio embedded in there, I had to do it. I had to do it and mix it so that only two could overlap. It was fucking chaos. Go listen to my early YouTube videos and I wish I could show you the, the signal flow. I'm telling it to you right now, but it was fucking nuts. I was learning resolutions, widescreen, cropping, letterboxing, video compression, and more. These are all new terms. These are all new things I had no idea about. I mean, I knew about audio. I knew about lossless. I knew about lossy formats. And I applied all of that, of what I knew in audio, to help me better understand video, which in essence, it's kind of the same thing, a little bit different. But those terms still apply and are very, very relevant in video editing. The actual edits took a long time to figure out. And I was very, they were very, very basic. And um, basically just dropping in photos from Google and doing some Ken Burns effects. That was about the extent. I downloaded a pack of like transitions and things to try to help out. And... It was okay, but it it was very basic. I did not have a lot of options. I could basically fade video, transition video, do some Ken Burns effects on on footage and video and images I would drag in, and that was about it. It's pretty rough. Not only that, when I get done with the video, the export process out of this MacBook was painstaking. It would take six, 12, sometimes 24 hours, depending. As I started to get more and more um, aggressive with my videos and putting in higher quality video and adding more pictures and trying to do this and do that, it started to take longer to export. It was no basic export. This is why in some of my earlier videos, if you go back and watch, sometimes some of them are formatted wrong. They're like, they're fucking like letterboxed or squashed or cropped all fucked up. And I'm sitting there going, bro, I do not, I do not want to wait 24 fucking hours a whole day to re-export this as my macbook fries by the way it was hot as fuck the fans would kick on it would be blazing fast i honestly i got ac i tried to get ac like the fan to blow through here to suck in the air and keep it cool i feel like it was gonna explode and i was freaking out because if this thing shit the bed i had nothing so i was panicking it was a wild west back then boys and girls i'm telling you it was a wild west so I'm learning all this stuff, all this resolution, all this stuff, all these exports taking forever. <sighs> I spent day and night working on these videos. I seriously, I did nothing but work on these videos. I remember this. I came out to get food. I was there by myself in this new house that my parents had bought. I was there taking care of it, but I woke up and I went right to work. I went to get in and out burger. I came back. I continued to work through the day, through the night to bust out these videos because I knew, I knew I was launching this channel at the beginning of the year. That was my goal. So it was like late December, Christmas time was happening. Everyone's happy celebrating. I was in my room, fucking on my computers, capturing footage, recording voiceover, making these 20 videos. I believe I got to 12. I think I finished 12 completely by the time early January rolled around. So I said, all right, 10 is good, right? <laughs> 10 is good. Like, 10 is good. I'll stagger them out by a couple of weeks or a week. You know, consistency. I was planning to, to do it consistently. That will give me time 
to release one, let it simmer. I could then work on another video. I got a whole week. Boom, pop another one. Maybe I'll finish two or three in that week. Okay, staggered out. I'm good. That was my thinking. Perfect. January 6th, I set up my YouTube channel, the Emulator Review, with handle the EMU Review. And I take a couple of days to set it up, to add the artwork, to add the descriptions, to make sure everything looked right, make sure all my links were good, make sure all my social media was connected, everything was looking proper. And on January 11th, 2010, I upload and I publish RC Program Video Game Review on the Emulator Reviews channel. I hit live and I sat there and I was like, this is fucking awesome. This is really exciting. And literally nothing happened. <laughs> right? What am I expecting? I expected something to happen. Literally nothing happened. And I remember, I'm going to say, I remember this exactly. I sat there and I looked every day waiting for a comment, maybe a view to come through. I remember, I remember refreshing the page and I realized someone else watched it. Someone watched it. Look, a view went up, not realizing that view came from me. <laughs> And then a few days later, a few days later, I should go look at the dates. I think it was two days later. I get my very first YouTube comment. I remember it and I remember what it said. I remember who it came from too. It was from a YouTuber named Candy Red Spider-Man, which, really, which is really fitting if you guys watch Thrift and stuff. Spider-Man, Spider-Man. His name was Candy Red Spider-Man. It's still on my YouTube channel. I should have pulled it up so I can show you. And the comment said, get ready for it. Dope. Said dope. And I was like, dope. <laughs> yes. And that Candy Red Spider-Man for the next probably three years continued to come through and be one of the first people to comment on all of my videos. I think he did it for two or three years. And all he said was dope. Every single time. I hope he's still out there. I hope he's alive and well. You're my first comment on YouTube and you really inspired me. I know it sounds dumb, but you made me be like somebody else in this world saw this shit. Thank God. I thought it was just me. I had no idea. It wasn't the floodgates by any means, but people started to watch and comments started to come through and I felt really, really happy. And I was feeling satisfied that people were watching it and getting a good laugh out of it. I tried to incorporate comedy. You'll see when you listen to it. I wanted to, again, build community. I wanted to have a fun place where someone could come, laugh, get entertained, also learn about the game or see the game. See, at the time, I was thinking, nobody knows about these games but but me because I, I, I played them and no one else played them. I was a nerd back in the day. No one gave a shit. If you were a fucking geek, if you brought these out back in the day. Right? So I was like, oh, I'm going to show everyone. There's got to be other people out there like me. There's got to. I know there is. There's, there's, there's Pete and there's Gamester and there's other people. That, oh, we got to. So I was like, let's, let's show them it. Let's show these high quality videos. Like, it'll be great. It'll be fun. And that's what happened. Slowly comments started to come in. Slowly people started to comment stuff. I continued to release videos. I think I did it on a weekly basis. 
for a very, very long time, for several years at least. Um, and it started to go pretty well. I was very excited. I was meeting new people. I was commenting back with, on the comments. It was great. I had launched a YouTube channel and people were watching it. And I felt really good about that. January was an exciting year for me on that. I continued to work on YouTube videos and upload them weekly. And then in April of that year, in 2010, my parents who were, they came down to visit for a week or two. They came down just to say hi and check on the house. And they were excited to move down. They were working up there, up north, getting their house sold. But they, they came down for a long weekend. And I was like, let's go. Let's go to the casino, have some buffet food. They love the buffet at the casino. Let's go in there. Let's play a little bit and then head out. No big deal. I said, that sounds great. We head over to the casino. We go have a great buffet. You know, casinos have pretty good buffet food, you know. It's cheap, right? It's cheap. It's good. And my dad peels off a, a crisp $100 bill. He says, here you go, Jay. Go have fun. Go play. Don't spend it all on the penny machine, right? Let's go have a good time. I say, thanks, dad. Sounds good. I walk over to the slot machine. And I sit down. It was a, a red, white, and blue machine, I think. Yeah. No, I, I don't know anything about, I don't gamble. You guys, I don't know anything about slots. I don't, I don't want to play cards, even though your odds are better if you play cards, but I, I, I'm not going to jump onto a fucking table. I don't know anything about that at that time anyway. I'll play slots. I looked at it and said, I got a hundred bucks. Let me go over to, okay, here, this slot was $3 a poll. You could do one, two, or three. Three bucks, max bid. If you win... It says you get 3,500 credits. If you play the maximum, that's 3,500 bucks. Okay, so I'm sitting there. I put, I put my $100 bill in the machine. Takes it. Rings up credits, 100 credits. Okay, those are dollars. Like, fuck. That's a, 100 bucks is, hey, man. Ain't no thing. 100 bucks is 100 bucks. That's a lot of money in my day. You know, that, that today, 100 bucks is a lot for me today. I know the value of a dollar. I don't fucking, you know, I don't shake a stick at it. He told me to play with the money. I'm going to play with the money. So put it in and I'm doing, I'm betting max bid. Boom. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Max bid. Ding, 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 ding. I spent about $50 of that $100 on that machine. I'm about to pull it out and walk to another machine because I've been there for a little bit and I'm taking my time because I'm not, I don't have any money to throw down myself. I'm not going to be like, oh, I guess I'll just pull another hundred. No, hell no. So I'm I'm gonna pull out that money and go to another machine. Or I'm just gonna go fuck around, get a get a drink, and just kind of just hang out, you know. I hit max bid one last time before I pull that thing out. Do do do. It's spinning, it's spinning. Jackpot, jackpot, jackpot. Ding 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 ding. It freezes. It goes clink. The machine stops. Doesn't make any sound, and the light on top starts blinking. Double blink. And I'm like, uh, and I look at the jackpot, it says jackpot, jackpot, jackpot. And I look at, okay, on the top, it says one, two, three credits. Okay, three credits, that's what I did. And it says on the right, if it's these three, then it's the, it's a $3,500 fucking thing it was all like, the, the, it was like sideways. The icon was like, yeah, that's the jackpot. It was all lit up. I'm like, I just, fuck, I got, look at my goosebumps. Oh, you can't see them. I got goosebumps. I said, I just fucking hit the jackpot. I've never hit the jackpot. This has never happened to me. Not once in my life. This is fucking crazy. Probably because I don't have any cash to come in here just play around with. I'm tripping. I'm like, I just won. I think I just won 3,500 bucks. Right? 
I see my dad and my mom, they're over in the other corner. And we kind of have like light line of sight. And my dad, I see, I see my dad, his eyes are just big as fucking eggs. He's looking over. I just see him like hit, hit my mom. It's like, Hey, 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 Hey. I see him like cash out. He's on a machine, pulls this thing out. I see him stand up. He pulls his pants up. He comes walking over. He goes, he comes over. He goes, you just fucking hit the jackpot. I said, yeah, I really did. I did. I fucking hit the jackpot. This is great. They come over. My mom's all happy. She's like, oh, this is great. This is great. They come over and they hand pay me 3,500 bucks right there on the spot. Hand pay. Boom, 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 boom. Right there. I'm just like, holy shit. I don't think I've ever held 3,500 bucks in cold, hard cash. I fucking folded that thing. No, you know what I did? I peeled off a hundred. I said, here's your investment. Peeled off another hundred. Gave it to mom. This is, there you go. I said, the rest of this, this is mine. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know what I did after that? I fucking put that shit in my pocket and I just chilled out. I let them play and have fun. And we had a great night. I never done that. But you know what I did right after that? The very next day, the very next day, I walk to the Apple store. This is, you're probably wondering where the story is going and where it's coming from. I walk to the Apple store with my $3,500 in cold, hard cash. And I walked in there and I said, I am looking to pick up an iMac, a 27-inch iMac. I want the nicest and best one you have here. I want. And I had researched it. I went on to Apple's website and I had looked it up. I want a, an, an Intel i7. I want 12 gigs of RAM. I want it to have the dedicated GPU. I want the Wi-Fi. I want the magic mouse. I want the keyboard. I just want everything. I want Final Cut Pro installing that bitch. I want all of it. Give me the whole fucking shebang. And so they're writing it up. We're going through it. You're asking me, do I want this? Do I want that? I said, yep, I want that. I want the fast RAM. I want the fucking two terabyte hard drive. Two terabyte hard drive. And 2010? Yeah, I want that motherfucker. Give that shit to me. I'm getting that. I got a two terabyte hard drive. I bought an external MyBook for backup, a one terabyte MyBook for backups. Man, I went hard in the motherfucking paint on this iMac and I came out to be like 35 and change. And I was like, I paid him cold, hard cash right there in the spot. Boom, boom, boom. I spent all the money on my iMac because I knew that my YouTube channel would then have the proper hardware editing my signal flow. I'd be able to add more video, more pictures. I'd have multiple audio levels. I could edit. I could add color correction. I could do this. I could do that. All these things that I would learn about later on down the road. And I bought that and I was fucking stoked. I walked out of there like, ha, 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 yes, dude, I would never have been able to afford that at that time. Had I not won at the casino. It's a very, very cool story. Happened at just the right time for me. I'm very thankful for that. Three weeks later, I, I'm seriously, I am fucking at my door like a kid looking for Santa Claus out the window. I am just like, where the fuck is FedEx? I'm tracking this shit like I'm tracking this shit like a mother. I'm just on it. I'm like, oh, man, it's got to be coming. I'm looking at this window. Where the fuck is it? I'm like feeling the ground. I'm like, oh, I'm like feeling the ground. Like, is this is this ground shaking? Like, where's that truck? It's got to be coming down this highway gotta be coming down our neighborhood street it's gotta be where is it that thing showed up boom walked in it was fantastic i opened that thing up i had the whole room set up for it i had my studio set up just right it was going to be the pinnacle the the main 
computer right there in the middle with my speakers around. I was set. I was ready to go. The emulator review had upgraded and I was ready to take on the fucking world with this thing. And that is just what I set out to do. This is where my YouTube channel and my music signal flow all changed overnight. I now have the proper hardware for it. I can now produce high quality HD videos. I can capture the video in Final Cut, which is something that was amazing. It helped me out greatly. I recorded so much game footage in Final Cut that way. I could then edit it in the timeline. Oh, it's brilliant. Oh my God, it was brilliant. My Pro Tools changed completely too because I was using my Pro Tools on my MacBook, which was very limited with its hardware and very resource intensive. I now had a fucking tank of a computer that was running Pro Tools flawlessly. Folks, I still use that iMac to this day for Pro Tools in there. I've since moved on from photo editing uh, and video editing. I now use my PC for it, but my Pro Tools, all my music from that day forward, all my music has been produced on that iMac that I still use to this day. I've since upgraded it. I put a four terabyte hard drive in it and uh, upgraded the fans and, um, you know, cleaned it out a couple of years ago. Got to keep up with that maintenance, you know? So now I was on a new task. I was learning how to edit video. I was learning how to overcome my final cut woes. It was a lot different. I'd never seen anything like it. And I needed to wrap my head around, you have a viewer and a timeline and a, and a trimmer and, a, and you use these tools and one's a scrub tool and one's a select tool. And what the fuck are all these, you know, I had to learn all this stuff. It took a while, but I ended up learning it. I continued to upload videos and I continued to watch my other friends and companions online. I was watching Games 31, Pete Dorr, they were doing stuff. Um, I heard John in one of his videos, the early on video, talk about the fact that he lived in Arizona. I think he was doing something local. One of his early videos, he was like at a store doing something. He was talking about how he lived in Arizona. And I didn't know that. I was like, holy shit, he lives in Arizona? So do I. Hello. You know? So I wrote him. I sent him a message. And remember, remember YouTube message system? Jesus Christ. You guys remember that, right? I'm surprised he even saw my message. Surprised it even came through. Those things were, that, the message system was so broken in that day. I'm so glad it's gone. I wish it was actually, they should bring it back, but they should really fix it and make it right. I think that'd be nice. But anyway. So I wrote him a message. I'm like, hey man, my name is Jason. You know, I, uh, I live in Arizona too. I watch your videos. Big fan, you know. I remember it. It was a very, very, uh, very, very cool conversation. I'm surprised that he even saw it. Uh, we started talking. One of the, of course, one of the first things that we talked about is, hey, where do you live? Because I told him, hey, I live in Arizona. And he's like, well, where exactly do you live? And I was like, well, I, I live uh, in this city. And he said, well, I live in this city too. I said, well, what? Okay. I mean, that's not too out of this world, but okay. And I said, well, What's what cross streets do you live by? He said, I live by this street and this street. I said, bullshit. He said, I live by the same street. Come to find out. As stroke, stroke of luck would have it, that Gamester81 and I lived in the same neighborhood. We're basically neighbors. We live not even a minute from each other, like, like 30 seconds from each other. Same neighborhood. We're laughing. We're freaking the fuck out. I said, dude, I got to come by. I got to see this collection. You know, if you want to come by, you can, you can see, I don't, you know, I don't have a lot out right now. I'm kind of, you know, I'm in this room and I'm taking care of my parents' house. Not, I don't have my games out, but you can come by if you want, but I'd love to see your stuff. I'd love to come by. He goes, yeah, come on by. You know, John is super friendly, always open. 
So yeah, we ended up hanging out. He goes, you know what we should do? We should go to Bookman's. Have you ever been to Bookman's? I said, no, no, I never, I never been, I haven't heard of that. What is it? He goes, oh man, I'll take you to Bookman's. Goes, okay, okay. How does Saturday sound? Saturday sounds great. I ain't doing shit. I'm here editing videos. I'm here fucking just chilling. Let's do it. We head out. He comes by. I tell him what my, my address. He comes by, picks me up. We head out. We head out. He's got, he's got one of his friends with him. And his, I don't know. I don't remember the name of his friend. I just met him that one time. But his friend had this brand new DSLR camera. They were like, this is a fucking high quality camera. It takes HD, 1080p footage. It's going to look amazing. And uh, he's like, he's like, oh, we're going to go out there. We're going to do some filming. I said, oh, that's really cool. Sounds good. I thought he, him and John were going to go out and do some filming. We get out. In the parking lot, he gets out of the car. He goes, hey, you don't mind being on camera, do you? And I I get hit with, oh, shit, wait. Uh, wait a minute. What, my plan all along was never to be on camera. I don't want to be on camera. I never wanted to make it about me being on camera. I wanted to do a radio broadcast comedy type show with pictures and video. I don't want to show myself at all. I just wanted to be the man behind this mic. I want to hide. I want to hide behind this mic. I don't want anyone to see me. That's not what it was about. I don't know why I made it such a big deal. It was kind of like, what? I don't, I don't know. Um, but I instantly said, yes, of course. No problem at all. Let's do it. You should watch that video. It was the very, very first time that I was on camera. <laughs> In fact, I got the video footage from his friend. Because uh, I said, hey, I would love to have the footage to edit my own video. And upload it to my channel if, if you don't mind. He said, yeah, no problem. No problem. He put on a flash drive. I went over, I transferred it, and I gave it back to him. I said, cool, man, thanks. I really appreciate that. You know, no big deal. I did an edit for the video of John and I going to Bookman's. It's super flashy. And you guys will see, I'm experimenting with my final cut. All right? So don't talk shit about it, okay? I'm experimenting. I'm having fun. I'm doing crazy transitions. I'm doing speed up, slow down. I'm doing jump cuts. I'm doing zoom in, zoom outs. I'm doing crazy stuff with one of my songs that I wrote. I'm having fun. It was really flashy, kind of over the top, kind of crazy. Shouldn't have been all that, but hey, I was having fun. Fuck it. I don't care. I showed it to John and John goes, oh my God, can I, can, can you just give me this video? I just, I'd rather just use this. I, my editing is not this good. I just want to use that. I said, fine, go for it. I have no problem at all. So him and I have the same video on our channels. Because he saw my edit and was like, I love it. I want to use it. And I was totally cool with that. I was like, yeah, that's great. Go for it, man. I don't think it served him well because his community was not used to that type of video. His videos were very straightforward. Not a lot of edits. None of that flashy shit. He was just to the point. This is my console. Here it is. Here it is. And that was the beauty of it. And that's what's so great about John. So I think his community kind of like kind of flamed him over. I was like, what the fuck is this? And who is this asshole? Who is this asshole doing the video? Like it's this guy. And I, that was probably again, part of just another, another, I don't know, another, another notch on the side of the plane, you know, going down. People didn't really like that, but Hey, it's all good. I liked it. And it was fun. I had a good time doing it. That was May 24th, 2010. Go back and look at that on my video. John has it on his too. It was a very, very interesting time. So, okay, I'm on camera. I'm on camera. The floodgates now open. The floodgates are now wide open. I figured, well, what the hell? I'm on camera. 
That was my concept from all along not to be on camera, but fuck it. Let's embrace it. All right. It's an opportunity. So what do I do? I start reviewing gear. I pull out my consoles. I go to my storage unit, start unburying the shit. And I say, okay, I'm going to review this. I'm going to talk about this. I start doing RRPU, recent retro pickups. That was a segment I introduced in 2010. It was a vlog style before vlog was anything. Vlog style where I talk about games I picked up recently, show them off, maybe talk about a little memory I have with it and move on. It was pretty fantastic. It was a great time. I introduced that. I also introduced some of my DJ skills that I had on a video there, kind of trying to show a different side of me to see how that would went. That would go there. Um, I celebrated my first 500 subscribers at this time as well. There was a steady stream of subscribers in the early days like this. And then later on in the year, I celebrated my 2000 subscriber uh, video by doing a DJ set. It was very, very cool. And did some music giveaways. Very cool time. 2010 was an interesting year. I can't believe we're only in 2010. Don't worry. Not all the years are the same like this. The early years like this were very, very um, important. And there was a lot that was going on. All of this shaped the future. So I'm spending a lot of time talking about these early days because they are very, very important. Got to get that water, boy. Man, if that water tasted better. <laughs> um, this, was, this was in the summertime. So things were going very well for my YouTube channel in the early days there. Shortly after, this is July. In July 2010, the All Gen Gamers podcast launched. I was super excited because I was following John. I was following Pete. I was a subscriber both. And I began listening to the podcast. As a lot of us did, we took part. And I can't lie to you guys. And I think we all know what I'm going to say. We all know what's going on. But it was rough to listen to. It was a very difficult podcast to listen to. Why? Well, one, podcasting was kind of a brand. Actually, it was. It was a new thing. It was brand new. No one really had a, a format. No one really had a, a, a way to do it properly or correctly. No one really knew. So it was kind of, you know, unearthed territory. And it was rough. The audio quality was terrible. They were talking over one another. They hadn't figured out their flow yet. It was brutal. It was very, very brutal. And it was very, very proper. It was like, uh, hello, Mr. Peter Dorr. Um, do you like video games? Yes. Gamester 80, 1981. I love video games and they are fun to play. I'm, I'm exaggerating, by the way. It wasn't that proper, but it was kind of awkward like that. And so I'm sitting there going, oh my God, I can't listen to this. I love these guys so much and I have to do something about it. I just have to. I mean, this was, this was truly what I said. I said, I have to do something because I knew I could help them out. I knew I could help them. They're doing a podcast. Now, I had never done a podcast before, not a day in my life. I didn't even know what, it, really, I didn't even know truthfully what a podcast was until I started listening to their show. And I said, okay, I got this. A podcast is a fucking radio show. Hello, duh. It's a radio show. I can do a radio show. I've been doing those for years. My dad was a DJ. I'm a DJ. I've been doing it forever. I've got the equipment. I've got the gear. I've got everything. I can help these guys out. So I'm continuing to listen. I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about reaching out to him and saying, hey, I can help. And I just, I hold back. I'm like, I, I feel weird about it. I feel weird. Like, hey, hey, guess what? Your show sucks and I can help it. 
I should have just been blunt and upfront because everyone else was thinking the same thing. All the listeners. And this is what I found out after the fact. Years later, everyone's like, man, those first five episodes, holy shit. Those were tough. Jay, when you came out on six, man, that really changed it. It, it really became a show. And I, I'm not saying this to like toot my own horn, but truthfully, that's what happened. And I knew that was going to happen. I knew I could produce that for them. That's why I stepped in and did that. But it's interesting how it came about. I did not reach out to them. I thought about it. I thought about it, but I held back. I felt really weird about it. Around episode five, Gamester hits me up. He sends me a text. He's like, hey, do you want to be on the All Gen Gamers podcast? It's a new podcast I'm doing with Pete and Johnny. And uh, you can be want to be a guest. You can talk about your, your games and stuff. We can just talk about stuff. And I was like, yes. Yes, yes. I would love to be on. And I said, in fact... I have a proposal for you guys. And he was like, oh, and I said, yeah, give me a few days. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come up with something. I'm going to talk to you guys about something. And I, I don't know if the guys remember this. They probably don't. But, and I, maybe I have it on my old computer. I'll have to go back and look on my old uh, Dell XPS. I created a audio clip, an MP3 file to propose to them to let me produce the all-gen gamers. And I said to them in this audio clip, and I just loaded Pro Tools up, and I hit record. I just started talking like this. I just started talking. And I was like, hey, guys, big fan. Love the show. First five episodes, kind of rough. Kind of difficult. I get that. I would like to offer my services and help you out. And I, that's what I said. I like to offer my services. I don't want to charge anything for it. I just, I, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I want to help out. I do not want to be a co-host. I do not want to be a part of the show, but I would like to be the producer of the show. I'll be like the silent partner. I said, I'll be back here. I will, you guys will call on the Skype. I will join in. I will record the whole episode. I will edit it and I will upload it. I'll give it to you or do whatever you want. But listen, let me show you what I can do. And I took one of their earlier episodes. I think I took episode two or three. I downloaded it. I threw it in Pro Tools. I edited it up. I cleaned it up. I did, I had to do a lot of noise reduction, did noise reduction. I did some DSing. I did a whole bunch of really great stuff to it, which was very extreme because it was pretty garbage to begin with. And then I put that, I said, here's an AB comparison. I showed him A, B. And then I, then I stopped and I was like, okay, what do you think? Can I help you guys out? Let me know. I'm going to be on the show next week. We'll talk about it. That's what I sent. I sent that over to him early on before I was on to give them, I said, Talk about it amongst yourselves. You guys figure out what you want to do. I don't know what happened. I gave it to John. They must have talked about it. They listened to it. I don't know. They might be thinking I was totally full of shit or bogus or whatnot. I, would, I don't know what I was thinking. I don't know what they were thinking. I was like, whatever. I'm going to be on the show one way or the other. I'm excited. Maybe, you know, maybe I'll get a few other people to maybe come over to my channel and say hi. Like, I think that'll be cool. Day comes to record the show. I hop on. They're like, dude, Jason. Yes, yes, yes. Please help us out. Pete goes, thank God. <laughs> he goes, I am struggling with this audio. It is difficult. I said, yeah, it is. Audio is, audio is more difficult than most people think. He said, I can't get the levels right. I can't get the sound right. I don't know anything about all the stuff to make it sound good. Whatever you did, it sounds amazing. If we can make our show sound like that every time you're on board. I said, great. Sounds good. I'll just chill. I'll just hang out and we'll, you guys record and everything will be fine. And they all go, oh, no, 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 no. You're not going to just sit back and be silent. 
Pete goes, you're a gamer. You play games. You know about retro gaming. You lived I've watched your channel. And he goes, I don't know so much about emulators. You know, that's kind of iffy. And I said, yeah, yeah. I, and I was starting to kind of realize that sort of early on. Like, I may have made a, may have made a bad choice there. Uh, he goes, but you know a lot. Your reviews, he goes, are, are amazing. You know a ton of stuff. You, you need to be on the show. I go, okay, okay. I, it just kind of happened like that. And I'm like, and everyone agreed. Johnny was like, yeah. Gamester was like, yeah, it was cool. Uh, so episode six rolled around. We had that arcade dude. Uh, what's his name? I forget his name. It was that arcade guy. Um, another radio guy, but super like loud, super out there. It was a very intense episode. He was, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. We had a lot of great comedy, a lot of great stuff, but he was very, very intense. A lot of jokes, a lot of puns. Uh, we were experimenting with cussing at the time. And I think it was one of the first episodes where cussing became a thing. He was cussing. We were like, okay, it's happening. <laughs> and we just kind of, from that point forward, uh, made that okay thing. We talked about it after we said, I don't think we should censor ourselves. I don't think we should hold back for the sake of holding back. I think we should be ourselves. That's what a podcast is. It's us being candid, us being ourselves. And I said, we're not going to sit here and just say fuck, 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 fuck all the time. But let's just be ourselves. And that's from that point forward, that's what it became. I thought that was a wise choice that we made. And I think that helped us in the long run because it's an honest and natural flow for the podcast episode. We always know it's serious. When Pete says fuck, it's serious. <laughs> so yeah, very, very, very cool time. So I that was the beginning of it. The rest is history. I ended up producing Dolgen Gamers podcast over the course of seven years and just over 200 episodes. Every single episode I produced, recorded, edited for absolutely nothing. And it was beautiful. And I did it willingly. I did it on my own terms. I got that gig on my own. And I followed through to the very end. I was really the last remaining person. Uh, not everyone stuck around to see the podcast through the end. Um, some thought it was a sinking ship and not everyone did. And I saw it through to the very end and uh, I hope we can bring it back at some point. That would be really, really nice. Um, I don't know. We'll see what the future holds. I just want to thank all of you for listening to it. I know I have a lot of people who are listening to this right now probably thinking, probably interested in hearing about some all-gen gamer stuff. And I hope that was enough, enough for you. It was a really great time. And I'm so thankful for all of you. I've met so many people. In fact, I still get comments. I know it was important because our Facebook page still gets likes and people still comment on YouTube videos and people still write. In fact, before recording this tonight, I got another comment from someone saying, Hey, AGG's 10 years old, Jay. Can you guys bring it back? I think Gamester's on board. He said, hey, you know what? I'm on board too. I've always been on board. Hey, newsflash, you don't need to tell me. You don't need to ask me. You don't need to ask me twice, rather. I'm down for it. Here's the problem. It needs to be funded. It needs to be supported. None of us are going to do it for free anymore. Some of us can't. You know, we, we work full time. We got shit going on. We can't spend the time. It takes away from family time. It takes away from other time, other creative stuff. It's tough to do as an adult. Scheduling is really rough too, but it needs to be funded. So I've always put it back. I've put this back to you guys all the time. People come through on my Twitch and ask me this too. Like, hey, is AGG coming back? I'm like, yeah, if you throw some money at it, if you support it. I mean, we need support. Our website, pretty much down. You know, we need to rebrand the whole thing. 
We need to, to have hosting. We need all new stuff. Like I'm down to, pro- I'm down to produce it, but it's going to cost. I can't, I can't do it anymore. We did it for a good long time. That's just the reality of it. And we all are in green, we all are in agreement to that. I got to get my mouth working right. So anyway, that's kind of where we are. Who knows? We'll see if it comes back. Fantastic. I, I mean, I'm, I'm all for it too. Another highlight of that year, as we move out of 2010, here right at the end, as we are on all gen gamers, making fun of maids with balloons, we're making fun of this game, talking shit about it. Like these maids, these, these, these girls, they look like teenagers, which is kind of creepy. They look like teens, hopefully 18, 19. They're on there popping balloons in maid outfits. This is almost like, this is almost like rubber balloon porn, softcore porn on this game. It's an Xbox 360 indie game. We're laughing. We're like, what the fuck is this? We get, a, we get a message. We get an email from a listener. His name, he said, hey, my name is Jason Kiderling. And I am the developer for Made with Balloons. I just want to thank you for talking about my game. It has helped with sales tremendously. We're like, what? No, this cannot be fucking real. We look him up. We look him up. We, you know, we cross check him. Yeah. He's in the indie develop, developers list of um, Made with Balloons as a developer. His name is there. We're freaking out. We said, dude, you got to come on the show. You, I cannot believe this, this stroke of luck. We're making fun of your game. We're talking shit about your game. And you listen to our podcast. That's fucked up. He comes on the show. It's a great show. We come to find out later on in life, he's into like softcore porn. He does, he rents out hotel rooms. He takes these girls to the room and they do their show. He films them. He puts them in the game. It's a, it's a done deal. Signed, sealed, delivered. Right. We didn't know about it all this at the time. The, the guy's, the guy's fucking awesome. Like he's just totally chill. That's just what he's into. Like legit. This guy, this guy has, this guy's given me opportunities. And this guy has continued to give me up in 2014. He came back and said, Hey, I'd like to license one of your songs and I'll pay you for it. And I said, I appreciate that. He paid me a licensing fee and took one of my songs for a game he was working on. Now that's good business. That's being legit. That's not him saying, Hey man, um, I know we've done business before in the past and I really like your stuff. I'd appreciate if you'd, uh, you know, step in here and maybe, uh, do it for free. You know, like there's some things you can do for free on your own good terms, but Hey man, Sometimes business is business, you know, it can be kind of rough. So he's a good guy. So he was on the show. We had a great, great time talking about it at the end of that episode. I don't know. I don't remember what number it is, but at the end of that show, he gave me an opportunity. He said, Jason, I know you do audio, you do music and stuff. I love your work. I've heard some of your stuff. Would you like to do the soundtrack and help me with sound effects and do sound design? for a new game I'm working on called Conquest. It's going to be on Xbox 360 Arcade. It's a tank RTS game, he said. He said this to me live on the podcast as we were recording it. I was was not expecting that. And I was like, "Um, yeah, absolutely, dude. 100%, I got your back. I was stoked. So this man right there, Jason Kiderling, shout out to you. Much love to you, sir. You gave me my very first, this was in 20... At the end of 2010, early 2011, my very first opportunity in video game audio was with Conquest, a game that's still on Xbox 360 Arcade. Thank you, Jason. In 2011, we moved forward. The EMU review continued to evolve. I began to incorporate my other passions and talents into my channel, featuring my music. I was doing some drum covers, 
on-site overviews of stores and things like that, starting to move around to conventions like PAX, Portland Retro, and more. I would feature any and all things that I loved and was very passionate about. So yeah, I began uh, recording drum covers, uh, recording the footage, and then posting that on my channel. Um, and uh, that started to go over pretty well. I was excited for that. AGG continued. Uh, continued very strong. We got great guests. We had Craig from Screw Attack. We had just a whole bunch of people on. I contacted that chick who sold stadium events on eBay for 50000 bucks. We had her on the podcast. We were doing all kinds of cool stuff. AGG was a fucking pioneering show. And it showed. YouTube continued to move forward at a very gradual pace. I celebrated 5,000 subscribers not even a year later um, in 2011, early on. Very, very cool. I was really happy about that. That was a good year of growth. We're moving on now. 2012, see how they go a little quicker. Some things happen. Some things happen. Some things don't. 2012, we saw the launch of my album, Nothing's Forever, where I documented the entire process, the meaning of the album and all that in a documentary. I got everyone who was involved to record footage. It's a great documentary. You should check it out. But this was the start of me creating another album, but showing kind of behind the scenes stuff. Something that I do even to this day with all my music projects. I show behind the scenes stuff. I love to do that. It's the creative process. Sometimes the creative process behind it is more inspiring or just as inspiring as the music itself. And I find that to be true. Whether people watch it or not and, you know, hang on to it, that's up to them. But I find it very motivating and inspiring. I started to do more recent retro pickups. Those video series, uh, that video series continued. Portland Retro Gaming Expo panel was pretty fantastic. We did that. All Gen Gamers also did some live drumming events. Uh, I gave I gave a, my very first room tour for the very first time. Uh, once I got all my new stuff set up in my house, uh, I'd recently moved. Uh, 2011 and 2012 was a very interesting time for me. It was sort of a, a transition year for my uh, personal life. I was trying to get out of a relationship I wasn't very happy in and uh, ended up doing so one night, uh, one weekend. I won't go into details. There's no need to, but I uh, ended up just packing up all my shit and leaving. <laughs> Sometimes that's the best way to do it, folks. Just pack up your shit and leave. Uh, and I did that. Um, yeah, yeah, it was an interesting time. Uh Yeah, I got into my new place. I got into my new place and um, yeah, I had just taken a job actually. I had just taken a job at the music store. It was a music store called Out on a String. And uh, it was a mom and pop place. Very, very great. I went in there early 2011, met the owners. Very nice people at the time. Very nice. And um, attached to, attached myself to them. I told them I could help them out with audio and drums and, you know, technician. I can help them out. They didn't even know how to set up drums properly. I walked in there. Their drum set's all fucked up and wonky. I'm like, what is this? I'm like, and I used to set it up right. I go, hey, let me just fix this shit for you. I fixed it. And they're like, you fix the drums? I was like, yeah, I fixed the drums. They're like, can you fix those and those and set up the other we got in the back? I'm like, yeah, sure. I'll come over. They bought me some food and I set up all their drum kit, made it up really nice. And then they're like, hey, do you want to just work here? I'm like, yeah, sounds great. So I got a job there doing that. It was pretty fantastic. Uh, that was early on in 2011. I actually failed to mention all that earlier on, but um, 
So as such, yeah, getting out of my relationship, right? I packed up all my shit, moved out. Well, I was making just like a dollar above minimum wage at the time at the music store. And it wasn't enough for me to actually get a rental. Can you believe it? I could not even afford to get a fucking rental. So I made a deal with my boss. He goes, look, I'll just lie and I'll tell them you make like double. Just so they'll get you in it. Because I know you need to get out of this house. There's no, you can't stay there anymore. We'll get you out of the house, get you in a new house. He goes, then we'll give you a raise. And we'll give you a promotion every year. We'll get you up there. Get you that number. You continue to sell and do well like you're doing. Everything will be fine. No problem. I said, that's a done deal. You got it. Because you know how I'm, I'm a man of my word. I'm good. I'm going to continue to be awesome here. And it's going to be great. Happy. So I applied. We lied on the application. I said I made more. They called him to the rental people called my employer to confirm. He was like, yeah, he's great. He makes this. Everything's wonderful. He's great for it. Cool. They signed the papers. I got a new rental house. Crazy. This is crazy. 2012 was nuts. So I move out. I get this house. I go to my storage unit that I've been renting two storage units, actually two storage units for uh, 60 bucks a month. So 120 bucks a month. I'm paying for these two storage units, 10, 10 by tens. And I've got all my shit in there, all my arcade games, all of my consoles, all of my games, all of my shit. I said, great. I can actually bring it out and set it up now. So I go rent a U-Haul truck and I fill it up with all my shit and I bring it back to the house and I start unpacking it and bring it in. And you'll see, I did, I did a video game room tour back in 2012 and it's in this loft and I had a loft in my house there and I set it all up. It was beautiful. I did some live stream from there as well. And I'm showing off. I had my console set up. I had, it was beautiful. It was bliss. I could finally, I could finally showcase and show the stuff that I've had to have hidden away and put away for so many years. Couldn't have it out when I was in Colorado, no room. It was in the storage unit. Couldn't have it out. Um, you know, when I came back, cause it's my parents' house. Can't have the shit everywhere. You know, I tried to just find myself to one room. You know, I was living with my ex-girlfriend at the time. Couldn't have it all out there. I had just one little small bedroom. Couldn't do anything. It was her house. We didn't have the best relationship, you can imagine. And then, um, yeah, now I'm in a house. I'm great. So I start unpacking, putting things up, and I do my room tour. So that hits YouTube around the same time. This is great. Um, brought all my arcade games out. Set them all up in the living room. I think there's a few pictures on Facebook of my entire studio that I had there in my living room, which is great. That's usually where I have my studios and every place I've been for the most part. Um, kind of have to studio has the biggest spot in the house. It's kind of uh, where it needs to be. <laughs> um, yeah, and it was great. It was great. Uh, in the same time, same time, uh, things started to get a little, uh, a little tricky, uh, a little, little tricky for me because uh, I was in this house and I wasn't given my raise and I wasn't given my bonus and I wasn't given, uh, you know, I wasn't given what we agreed on and, uh, his end of the bargain, my boss, the music store wasn't really holding up his end of the bargain and I was starting to freak out. And, you know, there's always some excuse. No, this and that. Oh, it's coming. Da, 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 da. <sighs> yeah. I mean, come to find out, I just kind of a crotchety old man, completely fake. It's very frustrating. You know, put that, that's another notch on the side of the plane for me there. Um, very interesting. Another person to use me and kick me to the curb. Very interesting. Um, so I was there a, about uh, just about a year and uh, things started to get kind of interesting because I was uh, not able to pay my rent starting to get uh, a little wonky. And I was like, man, I did this to myself again. I moved out. I had to get out of there though. I had to get out of there. Um, there was no staying. 
Um, so there I was kind of stuck looking at my stuff. I said, well, what do I have to sell first to be able to, to pay rent? I wasn't making enough. So I end oh, it's so sad. So sad. This is the reality of it. You guys will realize, and you will go back and look in 2012. I think it was 2012 or early 2013. I do arcade overviews. I do showcases of my arcade games. I take a look at my Killer Instincts, my MKs, my Tetris, my Virtual Racing. I show them off and I document the whole thing. I document what I did to them. I document the mods I did. I installed speakers. I upgraded speakers. I added a subwoofer and Killer Instinct. I added a Logitech setup. I added like extra surround sound speakers and things. I document all this. And this is what I've never told anyone is I saw, I, I, I documented these at that time because the very next week I put them all up for sale and I had to sell them. I just had to get rid of them because I couldn't afford rent. And that was the best option I had. That was the best option of, of that I had to sell of value. I sold those off. It got me by, you know, another three months, I was able to stash the money and pay rent and get by. There we go. Towards the end of the year, again, starting to get rough. What am I going to do? I ended up having to sell all of my live DJ set. I had a beautiful, uh, a JBL uh, live setup with, you know, these speakers are huge. They weigh like 300 pounds. They're fucking huge. They're two fifteens, a horn and a tweeter and a bunch of stuff. I had a pair of those. I had a pair of uh, 15 inch, uh, powered subs that went with them, the stands, I had lights, I had all the stuff. I had a fog machine, I had disco balls, I had mixers, I had um, outboard gear, I had EQs, I had just all kinds of shit that went with this live setup that I used. I had crown amps, I had QSC amps, I had all this stuff. And I'm just like, fuck, because I used to DJ a lot back in the day. I used to DJ high school dances. I used to DJ junior high. I would do parties, house parties, private parties. I would do all kinds of stuff back in the day. I had to sell it all. There was, there was really nothing. I didn't want to, like, I could sell my, I could sell my collection, my video game collection. What am I going to do? Piece it like nickel and dime. Like, okay, here's Chrono Trigger. Uh, here's the Earthbound. All right, there's a couple hundred bucks. Um, let me sell this game like one by one. You can't find anyone that wants to throw down like serious cash on a huge bulk buy of games. This doesn't happen. Who the fuck has five, 10 grand laying around and just be like, yeah, I'll just buy it all. It doesn't happen. And I don't have time to piecemeal it. I don't have time to do individual stuff. So I'm like, what are the biggest, most expensive items I own that I can sell that I can truly live without? And I just started going through my collection. It was a really rough time. This was another dark time, very dark time in my life. It was rough. So I did that. Damn, this shit is super exposing. It's so weird to talk about this openly. Like I always keep things in. I keep it in so much and it's probably part of my problem. I always just think like nobody really gives a shit. And you know what? Nobody really does give a shit. And I know that, but it's, a. I know some of you do. I know, I think actually a lot of you do, but the, the, the grand, the mass, a majority of the masses here, I think, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm thinking about this totally wrong. I just feel like a lot of people don't give a shit because I feel like everyone else is dealing with their own burdens that are just as bad, if not equally or worse. So why do you, you know what I mean? But I don't know. It's all part of the healing process again, right? You got to talk about it. You got to open up about it. 
So that was happening in 2012. I was really in, in kind of the dark ages there, selling my stuff, being very depressed, watching it drive, watching my virtual racing get loaded up onto a trailer and then be driven away was the fucking hardest thing I think I've seen in a long time. I actually cried. That was the last game I got rid of because it was in my garage. And um, man, that was rough. That game was absolutely beautiful. It was spotless. Go watch my video. I made that thing spotless. Spotless. I took the speaker grills to an auto body shop, had them scuff it, sand it, and repaint it with automotive black paint to make sure it was of the highest quality. It would stick and not come off that metal, those speaker grills. On the back seat, fuck, I paid them like 75 bucks just to paint that thing. I go, hey, dudes. If you got a black car that you're painting anytime soon, can you paint this with it in the paint booth? I worked in automotives, so I know like kind of the flow of how that goes. And so they're like, yeah, actually next week I got a black uh, GMC I'm doing. I go, great. Can I leave this here? He said, yeah, I'll be like, I don't know, hundred bucks. I said, fine. Sounds good. I left it there with him. I said, call me when you're done. He called me a couple of weeks later. He's like, yeah, I was like 75 bucks. Cool. I came and picked it up. Beautiful. I got stainless steel bolts to go in there. It was beautiful. Gorgeous. Oh, See, I'm reminiscing about it. I'm getting all emotional. So it was a rough time, man. It was a rough time. That was the end of 20, 2012. At the end of 2012, too, YouTube did some major changes to the creator dashboard. Um, again, they were taking away features that we liked, making things a little bit more difficult to navigate. It looked totally different. And the YouTube watch page changed. I think that's when we got rid of the yellow subscribe button, too. Somewhere right around that time. Um, and... Oddly enough, it felt it felt like they changed it just overnight. Like they didn't say shit. They just changed it. You know, like today they like make posts and like, oh, and next year, next year, January at two o'clock on the fifth, we're gonna get rid of a classic dashboard. Uh -huh. We're gonna get rid of cards. So uh, be prepared next year at two o'clock. Fuck, back here in the Wild West, they just changed shit. They did their own thing, man. And we just had to go with it. I mean, we still do have to go with it. But what can you do other than just go with it? <laughs> 2013, let's move on to the next year, folks. This was a transition year for me. And if you thought 2012 was a bad year, 2013, that was definitely a bad year as well. Another dark, dark days for me. Out of the 10 years that we do celebrate, um, this is when it really all came to a head as we were talking about all this. This is 2012, 2013. This is when it all kind of came to a head with me financially, physically, mentally, you know, I started my new job at the music store, took most of my time, which is fine. I love the music store. I love being there, but it was really hard and difficult with my commute and all this. This is the same story. This is the same story that I even have today, man. It's really tough. I live so far away. It's kind of my own fault. It is my own fault. It's difficult though. I was having difficulty trying to get motivated under financial burden to, to, uh, to do YouTube videos and be motivated. It was really tough. It's tough to be motivated when you're financially strapped, when you can, when you can only afford to eat to about $2 a day. That's about what my budget was at this time. I was like, I can only afford about $2 a day on the dollar menu. I got to factor in tax too. So I'm like a dollar 75 is about what I can afford every day to eat. So it was like a cheeseburger and a water. Like that's, that's what I would do. It was rough, man. It was really rough. I was tough. I was stuck at a job that I loved, but I wasn't getting paid enough for. I was losing the house that I was in because I couldn't afford it. I was selling all my shit, trying to help to pay rent. 
And it was all just coming to a head. I was like, I, I can't, I can't do this anymore. You know, I called up my rental company and I told them that my situation and they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, but we can't do anything for you. Can you pay? Can you pay this month in the last two months that you've missed? Can you pay them? Because we're going to evict you. It was a rough time. They wouldn't do anything for me. They wouldn't work with me. They don't have to. I signed the contract. I'm not, they're not obligated to work with me. I'm not asking for a get out of jail free card. I just wanted to talk to them and see if there's anything they could do. There wasn't. I was fucked. Okay, we move on. So I took, I took like three months off. I released a video. I was depressed going into the dark times. And then I took maybe another couple of months off because I couldn't do anything. And then I released a video and I had the second and yeah, it was tough, man. Getting out of my long-term relationship, new house, new job, trying to figure out all this stuff for, and it was all kind of coming crashing down at the end here. It was rough. It was rough. So yeah, things started to come to a head. Uh, I wasn't giving my raise. I wasn't given my bonus and things were kind of coming to a, uh, a head here at the music store. This was a really, this was a really rough time. Um, so yeah, was it rough on YouTube? Yeah, fuck yeah, it was. It was challenging. I was having challenging times in my personal life. So like YouTube, fuck YouTube. I didn't give a shit about YouTube during this time. 2013, I didn't care at all. Why, why should I? I oh, I'm not interested in anything. I'm just trying to survive. How can I focus on YouTube when I just got fucking served eviction papers, bro? You know, like that's what it came down to. And I kind of knew it was coming. I couldn't afford to pay my full rent, so I knew that was coming. I had sold my arcade games. I knew I was getting evicted, so I sold all my DJ stuff, and I kept that in my pocket instead of pay them, because I knew I was getting evicted anyway. It was rough. I didn't want doing it. I didn't like doing it. Didn't want to do it, but this was all I... This was, this was my only option I had. I told my work to basically just fuck off and deal with my absence while I packed my shit. I told them, you deal with it. I can't come in right now. I need to pack my shit and move. Like, are you coming in today? No, I'm not. You deal with it. Like, well, what are we going to, I don't know. You deal with it. All right. It's because, oh boy. It's because, it's because of you. I'm in this position. There's nothing worse than having a man tell you something and not stand up for their word. That's the biggest thing that gets me. I don't understand it. I was trying to lighten my load. I was taking trips in the middle of the night to local dumpsters here, like at like uh, the grocery store or uh, over by like the sub shops and McDonald's. I'd go over there and like just dump off a bunch of stuff that I either couldn't donate or couldn't take with me or didn't need anymore. I mean, it's amazing when you move how much garbage you find that you just throw away. So I was, I was taking literally like garbage cans full and boxes. I would just fill up like big boxes full of garbage, stuff it in the car and go to a dumpster and just dump it in. You know, and I had like, um, I had like an old, an old mattress too. Like I just threw the old mattress by a dumpster. Like I drove far away and just fucking dumped it by a dumpster. Like hopefully I take this shit. Like what the fuck am I? I know I can't, <laughs> can't take it with me. I can't take any of this shit with me. Like, what am I doing? My saving grace. Here's the light, the shining. Here's a light at the end of the tunnel. The, the, the one factor that really got me through this year, my saving grace was Stephanie. I'd been talking to her for, uh, about on and off about a year we've been taught, we've been playing games and doing things and she had been there. She'd helped me through my shitty, um, move out. Uh, she was there to, uh, to help me overcome that. And, uh, just as a friend, seriously, um, 
was just a friend when I needed one and didn't have one. There was a time when I had absolutely nobody to turn to. At least I felt like I did anyway. I know I did, but I just felt like I didn't. But I turned to her and I talked to her about everything. And I was completely open and honest about my situation, what was going on, and how much I'm struggling. And I didn't expect anything because what, what can, what can, I don't want to sound bad, but I mean, what can she do? You know, I was like, she's in New York. I'm here. What the fuck? You know, it's all good. We're going to figure it out. I said, I'm getting rid of all my shit right now. I don't know what to do. I'm putting it all in storage and pray to God, go live in my car. I don't know. <laughs> That's really what I was going to do. To be honest. It's crazy when I think back at it and I look at it. I know people that have lived on the street. In fact, my younger brother. God bless him, Kyle. Kyle's got his shit together. He got his shit together. I'm so happy for him. But he lived on the street for many years. Um, different circumstances, but yeah, you know, he's been there. I feel bad about all that. So I was looking at that too, man. I was looking at that too. I didn't want to go there. And I was pissed, man. I was so mad. I was depressed. I was, I was upset. I was angry. I was so angry. These years I was extremely angry. I would just, I would really just go off, man. I was mad and I'm not an angry person. You guys haven't seen me mad, but man, I was, I was, I was upset. I was so mad at the world. I was mad at, I was mad at people. I was upset why people were the way they were. I was upset about my job. I was upset about, you know, everything I was doing. I was just mad. It's really mad. Stephanie said to me, she goes, well, you know, I'm trying to move out of New York. And I, I knew she was looking at that. I didn't think, I didn't really think much of it. She just said, yeah, I'm trying to get out of my household. I've been here forever and I'd like to spread my wings. I'd like to explore and live somewhere else and, and get, I want to see the world. I want to see other things. I want to do other things in my life. I want to see with it, you know, I'm young, let's go. And I said, yeah, you know, and I'm all for it. I'm like, yeah, you know, you should. You should fucking go do other things. We all should do other things in our life. It's a, this is, a, hey, look, again, like I said, we only live once. Nobody I know has made it out of this alive. We all are going to die eventually. So don't fucking wait. Go do it. I said, that's great. You should. She's like, well, I'm thinking about coming to Arizona. I was like, you know what? That sounds like a wonderful idea. That sounds like a wonderful idea. And she's like, okay, I need to find a house. I said, you know what? I'll find you a house. I went out. She contacted a realtor. We went out like the next week. I went out with this realtor. We went around to a neighborhoods around where I was currently living for a short while longer and um, found a house, the house that we're currently in. And I said, yeah, this looks good. This is nice for one person. It's a small house. She signed the paperwork. They did their whole thing via online. Boom. She packed up her stuff and she moved down here. She got in here October 2013. I got evicted. And I ended up moving in right here with her. <laughs> and here we are. And the rest is kind of history. Um, this is why. This is why when you hear me talk about Stephanie. I have nothing but praise and love. It's because she was there for me 
and so such dark times. Nobody, I didn't want anyone to be there for me. I, I would shun away from it. I didn't really have anyone to talk about all this financial stuff that was going on, all this, all this burden, all this drama, all this hatred I had. She was the only one I opened up about to with it. And I'd even told her early on, and this is something that we, we laugh about it even today, even to this day. She, she, from the beginning, was always a friend, just a friend being there. Now, she may have, may have liked me early on, and I may have liked her too, but I wasn't seeing it then. I wasn't ready for it. Let me tell you something. I was mad. Out of my last relationship, I, after getting out of it and being free of that, I was mad. And this is, this is my problem, my fault. But I was mad at women in general. I was like, I have no interest in women. I don't want another relationship. I don't want to be around women. I don't want any of this drama right now. I'm fucking over it. So over it. And I told that to her too. I said, you know, very early on, I said, yeah, you know, I'm fucking done. I'm done. And if you ever talk to her about it, which I don't know, maybe you will. You should. You should. I mean, if you want. You don't have to. Yeah, maybe not. I don't know. But if you ever talk to her, or you ever hear her speak about it, if we maybe her and I could talk about it sometime. She'll tell you, I had a very high, very difficult wall to break down to get through to me. And uh, it was difficult. And she didn't forcefully try. And that's what I love about her so much. She just kind of just was like, that's cool. I'll give you your space. I'll, I'm here as a friend. I'll do whatever. It's cool. I'm not, I'm not pushing anything. And she gave me my space. She gave me time to heal. She gave me time to reflect. She gave me time to cry. She gave me time to, to, to vent. She gave me my space, which allowed me the time to realize what a fool and what a mistake I was making by not embracing her and, and having her come into my life. It's really, it's really a beautiful thing, actually. And from the, and from the very first day, from day one, I've always been honest with her about everything. That's scary. <laughs> Think about your relationship right now. Think about it. Go ahead. I'll give you a second. Think about it. Think about your relationship. Think about your marriage. Think about whatever, whatever you're in right now. Are you honest with them? Oh, oh I know you are. But are you? Are you 100% honest? Exactly. It's not easy, right? I know. From the very beginning, she was a friend to me. She was not a girlfriend. She wasn't someone I was in a relationship with. I had no reason to beat around the bush, to lie, to fib, to do anything, to front. I had no reason whatsoever. So I just let her have it, whether she liked it or not. I told her everything. And I'm surprised that she's still here by my side. I am really fucking surprised. Because you know what? My past is... You know, not easy to deal with sometimes. Well, I'll just leave it at that. I may have been in a few relationships myself. A few hundred. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> we won't get into all that. But that's the thing. Find you somebody that is like that, that you can be yourself with. And if you have, amazing. Hold on to them. Respect them. Tell them that you love them and you care for them every single day. Because they're worth it. That's what I try to do with Steph. I love her so much. I'm very lucky. I don't know how long 
I have with her. You know what I mean? Like, we don't know. Every day is different. You just don't know. So it's best to let them know every day. The music store was that they finally came, it finally came to a head. They said, yep, well, us, the owners, it's a husband and wife team, by the way. Don't ever go into business, official business with your significant other, unless you can really, um, I don't know, separate that a little bit and do what's right for, you know, your staff in the business and not your selfish self. Sorry, I'm a little bitter if you can't tell. So the husband and wife duo, the dream team who owned the music store said, yep, we're getting a divorce. We're closing down the music store. We're splitting everything. We're liquidating the whole store. It's going to be closed within 30 days. Time to pack up and get your shit out of here. No severance, no unemployment, nothing. Just a big fuck you. I lost my house. I lost my arcades. I lost my gear. I, I, it wasn't just that, you guys. I was selling all kinds of other shit, too. I sold lots of games. I sold a lot of stuff. I sold all my NES stuff. Like, I don't even, I don't even own a single NES game right now. I sold all that. Crazy to think. Hey, it's just stuff. It's just fucking stuff. I can go buy it again if I win the lottery. You know what I mean? It's okay. But the point is, is that these are, these are the sacrifices I had to do to survive. Luckily, I had the stuff there. Luckily, I had it so that I could sell it. That's what I'm thankful for. So as I'm getting butt-fucked one way, I'm getting fucking side-rammed by my job. That's just not only, not only is it going away, but they can't pay me anything. They can't do anything. Sorry, you're done. It's over. So Steph moved down October 2013. I lost my job. I lost my house. I packed up all my shit. I put it in a uh, storage unit. And I moved in here a month later at the end of October, November. Full of depression, full of anger. I move in here and I go face to face with uh, the cute little multi poo that you currently have been seeing around. Mr. Joxer. He's so cute. I remember laying right here on the carpet face to face with him as he just stared at me barking. And I just was there looking at him like, hmm, you don't phase me. I'm the boss of the house. You know, I show dogs that sometimes. And uh, now he knows who the boss is. Me, the meat friend. I call me meat friend because I'm the one that has all the meat. He's pieces of my steak, chicken, burger. He's a good boy. Dog, I was a good boy. 2014. All right. Started off with... Uh, a slow bang, a slow burn. Uh, new year, new outlook. I tried to be optimistic. Let's regroup. And I said, let's figure this out. Try to come up with some new ideas. I introduced Hanging with Heine series on YouTube. That was a passion of mine. Uh, it was my love of vlogging and also my love of podcasting. I tried to find a niche there. Try to incorporate the two things in one. Make it a fun vlog style video. Some comedy, some fun things. Talking about some news. Talking about some topics that came up that week. Format, I tested it on Twitch as well. Went over pretty well. People seem to like it. Um, and since I've evolved that into my own podcast, Heine House Live, that you're listening to right now. Yeah, 2014 was a big year. Things started to turn around for me, thank God. Uh, specifically in August of that year, uh, on a whim, Steph and I went to our, uh, our uh, local Goodwill 
which we have been doing for years, and I've been doing since the 90s, going around to Goodwills. Uh, on a whim, I decided to take the camera. She found this little handy cam, this little Panasonic camera. It's like a handheld, like a grip. You know, those old like grip, like uh, what were they called? Not flip. Yeah, maybe flip. I don't know. This is an old Panasonic like camera with a little tiny screen and kind of like a handle grip. We're like, let's take it and film it. Fuck it. So we take it and we film it. And uh, we film our uh, ex experience and journey going to Goodwill that day. And I come home and I do a quick edit of it, not thinking anything of it, and throw it up on YouTube and just say, uh, thrifting, going to Goodwill. Join Steph and I as we go to the Goodwill. That's all it was. And the video took off. People's like, holy shit, this is amazing. It's hilarious. You got to do more of this. You guys are funny as hell. Your personality and your comedy, your, you know, your aura, the Goodwill. You, you guys found games. You guys found toys. What? Your Goodwills are amazing. Holy shit, they look huge. Let us see the Goodwills. We're getting these comments. They're flooding in. I'm like, whoa, people really like this stuff. She's like, well, like, why don't we, why don't we do some more? Okay. We started filming. The first episode, I realized that camera was fucked, though. The, the, field, the field of view was so narrow. It felt like you're watching the video of like, with like this, like right up on your face. It's too narrow. I said, we got to get something with a better field of view. I opted for GoPro. I bought myself a GoPro Hero 3 in a little handheld tripod stand. That was what we went with. So we went with. It's what I still use today. It's great because it's small. You can conceal it. I attach a little microphone on it, an omnidirectional microphone, so it gets all the audio around. A lot of little tricks here that you got to do, but hey, it works great. Yeah, that was fantastic. It was a huge hit. People loved it. So we just continued to do it. So Thrifton was born in 2014. Uh, I think we're on episode 37 now. 37 of them later, it's in, a, it's in the actually YouTube playlist for you if you want to binge watch it. I know a lot of people like doing that. I organized it in there for you guys. Just go check it out. Yeah, the GoPro came in to save the day on that. It looks great. We'd love to do that. 2014 also saw lots of conventions. I traveled around, did a live drum cover performance at Portland Retro Gaming Expo. Also did an all-gen gamers panel the same year. And in 2014, Gamester and I went to Classic Gaming Expo in Las Vegas. It was the last year they did that uh, at the Riviera before they tore the whole place down. And it was a great classic. It was a great expo. I was there with John helping him promote the uh, Collector Vision, his Collector Vision games, and his business. Uh, it was pretty, pretty fantastic. I continued on doing pickup videos, game reviews, collection showcases, convention recaps, introducing more music and video game remixes on my channel. I was kind of blowing up with doing more and more content on the channel at this time. Uh, this was an important year, too, 2014. This was the year that Gamester and I sat down and discussed going into business with each other on a joint venture to build and create the largest and best gaming convention in the Southwest. We called it Game on Expo. And uh, that was at the end of 2014, something that we ended up doing. Something I'm very, very proud of. Um, 2014, also, I heard about this new site called Patreon, where people could show support and pledge and give uh, support to their favorite content creators every month. I thought that was a brilliant idea. And I thought I had value to offer people. And I thought I'd been doing it long enough to where I could show value and give stuff to people, give back. And uh, I thought it was a great idea. That and I was wanting to grow my business. I thought it was great. So I signed up for Patreon, signed up for it, built my page, launched my campaign. And uh, I was really one of the earliest adopters within my community. Nobody else. 
Not a single person I knew in 2014 was on Patreon at the time doing that. As such, you can imagine. And in 2014 and 2013, this was the huge e-bagging days. You remember that? When people would monetize videos and like, they're e-bagging because they monetize videos on YouTube. Oh, they're asking for money. They're e-bagging for money. Remember that? Oh my God, it was huge. Unfortunately, that wave rode right into me too, which is another strike you put on the side of your playing. That was a big strike against me because I think that ended up hurting me early on as people would think that I'm some sort of e-bagger and I've never been an e-bagger at all. Um, support if you want, don't if you want. Like I'm offering content here. If you like it or enjoy it and feel like you want to, go for it. It's that simple. It is even to this day. Uh, so people kind of scoffed at it and uh, yeah, claiming I was some sort of e-beggar. And as such, that has become my most disliked video on YouTube is me saying, hey, I'm on Patreon. If you want to support it, show me some love. It's rough. It's a rough game. Oh, but you monetize your video so you make money. Uh-huh. Huh. <laughs> Jokes are funny. Um, Patreon is great. In fact, it's my one of my core pieces to my business, even today. My podcast, Heine House Life, is completely funded by it. Like the fact that you're listening to it right now, if you are listening to it on the podcast app or wherever you are in podcast form, the reason it's there is because of the supporters on Patreon. It's that that important to me. And it needs to happen. I need support to do this stuff. There's hosting and a lot of stuff involved. So yeah, I, I mean, I absolutely need it. If there were no support, I just shut the podcast down. It's that simple. So I appreciate everyone so much. I tell them that every time, every episode. Um, I've also also given away my music on there, physical CDs, media, all kinds of stuff. You name it. Plus, it's a direct connection with the core people that truly appreciate and support what I'm doing. That means the most to me. I've had some great collaborations with patrons who have helped me shape my business tenfold. Like my homie Ryan, he just last year, he helped me. He bounced ideas off me. He helped me create my new website, heinyhouse.com. Like he helped create, you know, like he gave me feedback on how it looked and how it, how it, how everything was laid out. And then my other homie, Brandon, same thing. Brandon has been there for so long, long time. One of my longest supporting patrons. He's, he's helped me with album covers. He's helped me with music choices. He's helped me with like layouts. He's looked at my punctuation and my horrible grammar and spelling. He's, <laughs> God, he's helped me throughout so many things. He's a patron, been there a long time. But again, that's that direct connection. It means so much. So it's very, very important to me to have that support. So I signed up in 2014 and haven't looked back. I think it's fantastic. And I appreciate everyone who's there right now. Patreon.com slash Jason Heine if you want to check it out. Shameless plug, yo, but not shameless. Um, yeah, in 2014 seemed to be okay kind of came out of the slump a little bit. And uh, in 2014 was another, as we round out 2014, I was actually feeling pretty good about the year. Uh, the release of Horizon Shift on Steam. It's a futuristic vector-style arcade shooter that I ended up producing the entire audio for, not just soundtrack this time. I produced a soundtrack, all the sound effects, sound design, voiceover, everything. I even did the trailer that's on Steam right now on the Steam store page. Shout out to Paul. He's such a great guy. He gave me an opportunity. We worked together and uh, it was awesome. It was a great, it's great working with him. I love, I love the collaboration. 
I never have even spoke to him once. We did it all through email and messenger and stuff. It's, it's fantastic. Technology is beautiful. But unfortunately, his publisher, fucking Kiss Limited, don't ever buy games from Kiss Limited, fuckers. They ended up fucking him over. They ended up fucking me over, too. And, um, yeah, I haven't received a penny. Not a penny. And I was supposed to for record sales and all that sort of thing. Nothing. Not a penny. But Paul went on to do great things. He actually just joined Codemasters, so I told him, hey, man, you need to help You need help on Codemasters. Uh, when you're ready to do a little uh, racing, maybe some little arcade stuff, hit me up. I'm your dude. And so uh, I hope he does. I really hope he does. I'd love to do something for Codemasters, even on a contract basis. So 2014 ended like that. 2015 saw more thrifting videos, new unboxings. We started doing loot boxes and unboxings when those were really popular. Started to do more with toys now. Started to get involved um, with toys because on episode nine of Thrifton, we came across a whole bunch of Nerf toys and Nerf blasters. And uh, that struck a nerve with people. They, uh, a good nerve, <laughs> by the way. People were like, oh my gosh, you guys just bought an entire cart's worth of Nerf blasters, which we did. We filled up an entire cart with just these Nerf blasters and bought them all. It was amazing. We couldn't believe how many we found. Um, well, that video started to go viral, which is one of the, I've had, I think two or three that have gone viral, which, you know, in my world, that's, that's pretty, that's pretty big. I'm, I'm happy for that. Uh, that video went viral. People started to tune in. And even today, it's one of my most viewed, definitely my most viewed thrifting videos, episode nine. I think it's called the Nerf cleanup crew. That's what I named it. Uh, so people started to write in about Nerf. Hey, you should do more Nerf thrifting. Okay, we should we should we should check that out. So we started to go out and do more Nerf uh, hunting for Nerf. We started to go buy Nerf blasters. I started to do reviews of Nerf blasters. I went out and got that uh, battle racer, that pedal car that Nerf made. I did a review on that. It's so funny. You should watch that video. It's fucking hilarious. Um, and I started to do like toys, pop culture, pogs, loot boxes, laser tag, Nerf, RC cars. I pulled out my RC car collection. Uh, I collect old Tyco RC cars, by the way. I I don't have a lot of them. I have maybe four or five, but, uh, you know, the Tyco Hammer, the Fast Track, there's a bunch of others that I love. So uh, I pulled those out. I did a review of the Hammer. You should go watch that too on my channel. It's great. Did some RC um, uh, air hogs and RC cars and some planes and Star Wars planes and droids and all kinds of shit. So this was the year we evolved and moved into toys, which was actually a lot of fun. Um, this was also the year in August, 2015, after a year of planning, uh, a year of active planning, um, the first game on expo happened in Mesa, Arizona, completely blowing all of our expectations out of the water. We sold out of our badges. We had to use wristbands. We were pretty close to capacity over there. And, uh, yeah, it was a magical year. I was completely in charge by myself of technology for the show so I was running all the panel rooms, the theater room, the performances. Um, it was insane. I, it's a blur. I don't, I don't think I've ever worked so hard in my life other than at that show that year one. It was crazy. Uh, we also introduced Amiibo hunters. We went out kind of in a thrifting style to hunt for Amiibers. I like to call them Amiibers. Uh, we started doing some food reviews, eating vlog style videos, fast food stuff. We went around. It was fun. We were just incorporating new things trying new stuff. Um, yeah. And because of that one video that went viral and some of my other videos taking off, um, I made enough money that year to actually be in a tax bracket 
for YouTube. I just crossed the threshold. Um, so yeah, I was like, oh damn, like I got a 1099, you know, from, from Google. Like I got to pay taxes on this money. I never made enough money to have it even be taxable prior. So I was like, oh damn, um, I got to do something. And Patreon was starting to grow and I was having to pay taxes on that money too. Cause that's tax free when they give it to you. So I was starting to see that there is some income coming back and, you know, I was starting to make a little money on this entertainment. So I was like, well, now's the time I think to start my own business. Now's a really good time to do it. My own LLC, which I did. I did. So I was finally making enough to actually be in a, a taxable bracket. Um, I sat down and created uh, my own business. Heine House Entertainment LLC was born in mid 2015 uh, for tax time. It was great. And uh, even today, currently today, uh, Heine House Entertainment LLC is right here. You're looking at it, baby. Right in the face. You got it. Um, at this time, I realized, and I'd realized it earlier, but this was a really pivotal moment for me. I realized that I may have fucked up with my name on YouTube and everywhere else, social media and all these other places. I realized I may have fucked this up. So what did I do? I begin the transition of migrating over to the Heine House as my new name. And it takes a while, and YouTube is difficult to do. Um, and even still, it's still kind of like my deep-rooted, embedded name on YouTube still has the EME review in the URL, and I can't get rid of that. Even though I've changed my URL, I still it's still in there. It's like embedded. It's in its DNA. Can't get rid of it. So... Uh, yeah, but I begin the transition to migrate everything over to Heine House or Heine House Entertainment, which I do. And I think that's another strike, another strike on the side of the plane there as being uh, a pivotal moment that did not do me well. It hurt me. Rebranding your YouTube channel is not smart. You should never, never do that if you if you can help it, you know, but I wanted to get out from under that name. I think it was smart to do short term. It hurt me long term. I think it's smart. Still, I took a hit there, a hit that. I really couldn't afford to take at the time. It's rough. Uh, yeah, 2015 was also a really tough year for all of us as creators as YouTube began to change its algorithms. Remember all this? Yeah, this was tough, whether you would see videos or not. Major developments in the YouTube algorithm switched over to watch duration being prioritized over subscribers and views. So people like me who do like short videos or music videos don't have a long video, don't have a lot of watch time, we get shit, we get shit on, we get pushed down to the bottom. And people who have like long videos, like long vlog or uh, like Let's Plays, Let's Plays started to blow up and started to be like recommended because people are watching them for so long. They're like, oh, people are watching this watch time. Look at that. Who gives a shit about how many views? Who gives a shit about how many subscribers? It's it's all about your watch time. And so this is why, this is why it's, it's like, even today it's kind of, it's having subscribers isn't really important as much as, is that subscriber watching? And are they watching your whole video? That's the most important thing. So, and if they're not, it doesn't really matter to YouTube. And that's that's what's really fucked up. None of that shit matters anymore. Uh, on top of that, you now need to turn on notifications and hit the bell and do all this stuff. It's really kind of a, just a, it's a, it's a crapshoot out there. It's the wild west again. And it took, it, it made all of us take a major blow. Um, you know, people getting demonetized and all this sort of thing. Copyright. We had music copyright issues. I never had any of those issues because I always use my own music. But a lot of creators were using 
music from a video game that would have copyrights and it would get flagged, it would get pulled, they get demonetized. It was a complete fucking train wreck. And I'm sure you remember it. If you're a content creator, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It was an absolute clusterfuck on YouTube. Something that I don't think they've even recovered to to this day. Um, <clears throat> yeah, this was another major blow I put on here. This is a major blow to my channel. It sure was. My views dropped significantly after this because I had lots of short and sweet to the point reviews and uh, my thrifting video started to go and do well because those are about 20 minutes, 25, 30 minutes long in some cases. So those started to go, but everything else got shit on. So it was really, really tough. Um, this was also uh, another great uh, time in 2015 at the end of the year. Uh, Gamester hired me on to produce the Justice Beaver Super Nintendo video game OST, which I did back then. It's done. It's ready to go. Uh, hopefully when they release the game, um, I'm going to release the OST. It's going to be available all over the place. You'll be able to get it, but I have it ready to go. I have the 16-bit version of it and the all-original real instrument music version ready to go. So uh, hopefully they they uh, release that soon. I know they struggled a lot trying to get programmers in and out. Programmers left. They let some go. Ugh, it's I feel bad for the guy and the whole team. They're really great guys. They've been dealing with a lot of drama with them with uh, Justice Beaver. How about 2016? Moving on. I went hard in the motherfucking paint on Nerf and Toy and RC vehicle reviews. This was the year of that. We did more thrifting, and I introduced some more uh, Wii stuff, my top 10 Wii games, stuff like that. September, we saw the launch of my live drum, drum covers coming back on Twitch. Friday and Saturday nights, I did improv drumming on Twitch, playing your favorite video game tunes and other known artists. I did that for about two years before Twitch changed their copyright policy and fucked me over there. Another notch on the plane. Um, that was fantastic though. We met a lot of great people there on Twitch. I love, I love streaming on Twitch. You guys know that, uh, that same year I went to the Portland retro gaming expo. Of course did that. Uh, we did uh, some Portland retro game hunting. We drove down to the coast. I showed Steph seaside, which is a great uh, beach there in Oregon on the coast. Um, it was a great year for travel. We did that. Um, we did that during the winter. And then we also traveled to New York a little bit later to visit Steph's family for Christmas and New Year's. It was a great time. I'd never been out to New York and never drove there. It was a bucket list type thing. Wanted to do that. Uh, I'm glad I did it, but I'll never do it again. <laughs> never do that. Don't drive in the winter. It's fucking freezing cold. Joplin was so fucking cold. We were stuck up in a hotel for three days. Luckily, they had um, Pizza Hut and Taco Bell down there in the truck stop because, man, it was fucking cold and we were there for three days, snowed in. Um, I've been doing the Yule Log for 10 years. Right. But at that time in 2016, I, I did not want it to go to the waste. I stream it, the Yule log every year. You guys know that I took my streaming PC, my desktop PC with me, with a monitor to New York, set it up in grandma's living room so that I could then connect it to the router and do a live Yule log there from New York so that I did not miss it and break tradition. That's how dedicated I am with Yule log. I streamed that live on Twitch that year. We had a great time during Christmas and uh, we celebrated New Year's there in New York. Literally after the clock struck midnight, this was like clockwork, no pun intended. The clock struck midnight. Stephanie and I both started to feel ill. We started to get sick. We had gone to a wedding earlier, uh, earlier in the day. 
Um, and we started to get sick. It, it came on so fast, man. It was like five minutes after midnight. It was like, I'm sick. I went in, boom, throwing up. I was just throwing up both ends, dude. It was crazy. We got food poisoning at the wedding and we weren't the only ones. Like a lot of people at the wedding reported they also got food poisoning. Oh, it was the worst sick I've had in a long time. Honestly, I wish I was just dead. It was so bad. So we ended up laying in bed. I laid in bed for like a week. The last week we were there, I couldn't even move, couldn't even do anything. I was fucking dead. Steph, same thing. She was sick. She got sick first. Um, no, 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 I got sick first. I got sick first, and then she got sick like right after me. Oh, it was rough. What a rough time. Beautiful, beautiful in New York. Got to go down downtown. We rode the the um the train. We went, it was beautiful, but then it ended poorly. That was rough. 2016. We even saw Pete. He was out there. We took pictures at um, Times Square. It was great. We had such a great time. <clears throat> this was an interesting time, too. At the end of 2016, I saw... No, no, no. This was at mid-2016. I have the I have the, the articles wrong here. At mid-2016, I saw a video on YouTube. Here's another great YouTube story. I try to make it... I try to bring it back and revolve it into YouTube because all this stuff kind of plays roller. I saw a video trailer for a game on YouTube called Racing Apex. I saw it and it was everything I loved about racing games. Flat shaded polygon graphics, arcade gameplay. It was amazing. It looked, it looked like virtual racing, HD remake today, and a ton more. I wrote a comment on the page. And you, it's still there to this day. You should see it. You should go to the Racing Apex YouTube page and scroll to like their very first video. And you'll see my comment. It's there. I wrote, I wrote there on the comments that like, I need to get in contact with you. I need to do the soundtrack to this game. I believe in this game. I love this. Please contact me. Here's my email. They wrote back on YouTube saying, cool, we'll get in touch. I was like, yes. Okay. They saw it. Wonderful. I got an email a couple days later, started talking with a developer. It's a long story and I will save it for another time. But that became a, a, an amazing relationship. And I ended up getting the gig to do a good majority of about half of the soundtrack to that game. Something that I have done and completed. And I really hope that 2020 will be the year that we see the birth of Racing Apex. I really hope it comes together. I have some incredibly news. I cannot talk about it openly. I'm under strict um, NDA. I do not want to mess that up, but we have stuff in store for the future. It's going to be amazing. I cannot wait to share it with you guys. And believe me, I will once I'm able to. I mean, it's been four years in the making here. Believe me, it's super hyped. It's going to be incredible. I was excited because, yeah, I saw that the developer of Racing Apex had was ex-Rockstar, right? They'd worked on Rockstar games. They'd done APB Reloaded. They worked on Burnout. They've been around. They've done all this stuff. And I was like, dude, please. And I just said to him, I said, please, just trust me. Let me prove to you that I'm the best for this. I let me prove to you. That's what I said to him. I sold myself in YouTube comments. This is the power of YouTube. Again, another thing that happened this, this time within this, this 10 year gap is like this really happened. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to sell yourself. Don't be afraid to commit to something. If you know, you can deliver and do it. And that was one moment, one strong moment in my life where I was like, I got this. I can do this. I need, I need this. And I was fighting. I was like, you will not tell me no. I'm going to do this. 
And it worked out in my favor. I'm very, very fortunate. Just wait for the game. Trust me. 2017. We're almost to the end here. A couple more years. Thrifting videos, they continued. We love doing them. People love seeing them. We try to do them as much as we can, but they're hard to produce. You know, they take a long time. They take a solid day of filming, and then I have a solid maybe a day to edit. So it takes up a whole weekend, and I don't always have a weekend available to do it, you know, so it's tough. Uh, this is when American Truck Simulator makes an appearance for the first time on Twitch and YouTube, where I stream that and put that on there. People really like watching that. Uh, did more video game remixes. I did the Wii U uh, Friends List remix, We Be Friends, which is a great song. You should listen to that, like a chill hop Wii U Friends List song. Genesis Does What Nintendo Don't Dubstep remix. I did that, uploaded that. That's a great song. You should check it out. I brought out Rhythm Roulette. That makes an appearance for the very first time. Documented me in the studio making a song and beat out of three random records that I pick at a local record store. <clears throat> Something a lot of fun to do. Some studio stuff. I also released a Vaporwave project I've been working on called HQLP. Stands for High Quality Long Play. This is kind of a, a playoff word here because it's not high quality and it doesn't, they're not long play. They're, they're very short songs, but they're fun. Um, yeah. With the birth of kind of vaporwave, I kind of got a taste of it in 2017. I loved it. And I started to mess with stuff and, um, yeah, mall soft, chill hop, vapor style of songs. Go to my website and my music category. You'll see it in there. HQLP. Uh, I started to brainstorm on a podcast concept called music games and gear. And it took me a while to figure out, you know, a proper name and kind of go from there. But I was wanting to bring my two friends, Rick and John, not Gamester. It's not, I have, I have a lot of John, I have friends named John, um, John Hake, the, the amazing bass player and musician that I work with and collaborate with. Um, I wanted to bring them two on with me and talk about music, games, and audio gear, things that we're all passionate about. We're all musicians. We're all gamers. We love music. I thought it was a really great idea to bring three like-minded individuals together, talk about this stuff, and have really good conversation about it. And so I'm, you know, starting to brainstorm this, put it together, and, uh, you know, seeing how how this goes. Um, I wanted to just bring them together. They didn't have to do anything other than show up and talk with me. I would handle all the production, editing. It's something that I know very well and that I knew I could do. Um. Later that year, I released a music project with John called Beyond the Arcade. This is a uh, synth pop, hip hop, kind of new jack type um, project. Great music. This is to help him heal over the loss of his children. I really encourage every one of you to go to my website and check out Beyond the Arcade. It's on YouTube. You can listen to it, check it out, download it, support it. Uh, it's great music that him and I collaborated on and worked on together. Released that in 2017. October of that year, I end up, uh, I'm looking for work because uh, money's getting tight. Uh, and I end up landing a job with GM, if you can believe it, as an outside contractor. That will come back to haunt us later on in life. We'll talk about that. Um, as an outside contractor to help them drive and test their autonomous vehicles. Yeah, they want us to drive on the graveyard shift. There's Chevy Bolts around that are fully autonomous. They want us to test them and get mileage on there. And test them out. So yeah, I began working graveyard shift, and uh, not that long after, maybe I don't know, four or five months in, it begins to take a toll on my body and my mind as I'm starting to lose focus on entertainment. I'm trying to work full time on the graveyard shift, which I thought would be easy. I could go to work at night. I come home and have the whole day to play and do entertainment. I thought it'd be perfect. Finding out 
Hey, guess what, asshole? You're not Superman. You need to come home and sleep and eat and relax. You don't have time to do anything else. You go to bed, you wake up, you have a few hours, you got to go back to work. It's midnight. I didn't realize all this. So graveyard shift. Yeah, it's difficult. Anyone who's worked third shift, you guys know it's fucking tough. Uh, I didn't really realize that. But four months in, I'm starting to starting to take a toll. I'm starting to find myself getting a little bit fatter because, uh, well, I'm sleeping during the day. I'm eating shit, uh, coming home, doing it all over again. And uh, even to this day, I struggle with, with that. I'm still on the graveyard and it's still difficult for me, <clears throat> but I'm trying to drink, I'm trying to drink more water folks. See mm. drinking more water, right? That's good. Tastes okay. Tastes like shit, but that's okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> where was the hair? Okay. Yeah. I got the job. We're doing that. Um, so I'm trying to get my focus. I'm trying to focus back in on entertainment, trying to keep it together. Um, happy. I have a job happy. I'm able to um, throw some money at the bills that we have and, and, and help contribute, pay rent, pay bills. This is a good, this is good for me. I'm happy. I'm very thankful. Um, uh, but the other things are starting to suffer. This is rough. Um, end of 2017 came, you kind of continue to be bad. Bad goes to worse. Um, I had to step down as co-founder and uh, head of technology for game on expo. Unfortunately, I had to step down from that. It was something that I helped birth and create with John, and it was an amazing experience and something that I'm very proud of. And even to this day, the show lives on. Um, it's on my resume, and I'm very, very happy that I can say that I helped build a convention that, through the course of its life, hundreds of thousands of people have gone to, that they look forward to every year, they can enjoy and relive the joys of gaming, of art, and people can be creative and have a good time there. I'm, I'm really thankful for that. And I can't really get into this business specifics because there's still business partners involved and other things. And just, I don't really want to talk about it, but uh, it was a big bummer to all of us. Let's just say that it's a big bummer. Um, I feel very, very proud to have helped there. And I hope if you're local here, or even if you're not, you should check them out and definitely go to the show. I helped build that and I'm very proud of it. So here I am at the end of 2017, once again, super depressed, very angry, working graveyard, not seeing stuff very much. Our schedules are completely different. Our days off are totally different. She's gone when I'm home and I'm gone when she's home. There was a good four months there where we really didn't see each other that much. And that was tough. Very, very tough. And again, folks, this is why I continue to always speak very highly of her and, you know, tell her I love her all the time. Just let her know that she means a lot to me. We've sacrificed a lot together as a, as a team, as a couple. You know, as a unit, we've come together and we've said, we need to make this sacrifice right now. And it may last this long, but we will get through it together. We'll do that. And I feel very fortunate. I don't, I don't know any other woman I've been with that would be like, yeah, we could do that for four months. <laughs> I feel very fortunate. I do I feel very lucky. So that, that year ends terribly <laughs> to say the least. It is fucking terrible. It was a shitty time. 
Um, so the beginning of 2018, in order for me to try to spark creativity and bring passion back, Steph and I talk about it. She's like, why don't you relocate the studio to the master bedroom where it's bigger? Instead of out of the little bedroom, get out to the master. We'll move the bed out. We'll put the bed in the other room and it will be cool. Give you more space, more room. You can have your keyboard set up. You can have more stuff set up. Maybe it will inspire you. Because I keep talking about in the studio, you have to have your stuff around you to be inspired. You have to have your stuff around, your gear, your drums, your keyboards, your drum machines, everything. You have your computers, your speakers. Like You have to have your tools around you to be inspired. Any artist knows this. What a lovely gal. She says, we'll just take it to the master then. Take our bed out, put them, put your studio in there. See if that helps. I said, okay, so we do so. Set it up in there. Spoiler alert, three months later, and I realized I need more room. <laughs> I'm still unmotivated. Thrifting does continue, though. We can, we do record uh, a few videos uh, early on. We're in our uh, 30s, the 30s now. I think we're 32, 33 now at the beginning of 2018. We film a Toys R Us walkthrough as they're going out of business. It's very depressing, very sad. This was during that blunder. Uh, Hanging with Heine continues. Uh, I do a few more of these on Twitch, and then I put them on YouTube. In the back of my mind, I'm currently making plans, you know, to evolve this segment into my own solo podcast, as I feel that music, games, and gear uh, isn't going all that well. We've we're currently on episode like 15 at this point, and it's going okay, but no one's really listening. The chemistry is off and there's trouble in paradise. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Um, so March of this year, shortly after all this, so shortly after March, I'm at work and we get an email saying, Hey, show up tomorrow for a team meeting, all hands team meeting. And we're all like all hands team meeting. We never had one of these before. What's this about? All 120 plus employees get this email. When we show up the next day for this team meeting, our security badges do not work. Our Slack and our communications that we have do not work. We cannot log into anything. And we are officially fired. Mass fired in one day, overnight. We're contractors. They don't even have to give us fucking notice. They let us go. It was brutal. I had never been in a situation like that or even been around something like that. They just fucking cut the cord and done we go. Oh, it was rough, man. People were crying. People were saying goodbye to each other. They were like, hey, but we have a few job openings here you can apply for. Only only 20, though. About only 20 of you are going to get in. What? What? There's fucking 120 plus people. Oh my God. It was rough. Let me tell you. So they, so overnight now I got fired and this is the tough thing about being a contractor. Right. And I'm like, I don't want to be a contractor. I want a job and I want money. I don't want to be a contractor though. Cause this shit happens and you can argue. Yeah. Well, the same thing is right for you. I could leave if I want, I could leave tomorrow. Just walk out. No big deal. No big deal. I'm a contractor. I'm not required. I'm not on a contract basis. I'm working with a third party. I don't have to tell them anything. Yeah, that can be said, but still, it's what's tough is knowing that you could be let go the next day. And this happened several times to me in this company. And they tell us, hey, you can apply for one of these other positions. There's like 20 people available for this one, so go for it. And we're all like, the fuck? We're all in line. All of us in line, big line, like, I guess we'll apply for it. I mean, I'd rather have a job than no job. So I apply for it. I'm not, I'm not very hopeful. 
A month later, around April, I get an email and a call that they want me back. I got lucky. One of the fortunate few to get back in. I'm hired back on as a contract employee, working in a different department. I'm now one of the 20 that made it, and I'm part of the R&D engineering team. My hours now are 5 a.m. to 2 p.m. These hours also proved to be very challenging for me, getting up at 5 a.m. with traffic. I have to get up at 4.30, or I'm sorry, 3.30. In order to get there on time, my commute is an hour long. Hey, I'm just saying what it is. It's my fault. I live far away. It's my fault. I'm not looking for, you know, handouts here, but that's fucking reality. It sucks. Uh, later on that year, July 2018, here we are recording another Music Games and Gear podcast. And unfortunately, the strong personalities of both Rick and John, they come to a head. While recording episode 18 of Music Games and Gear, they get into an argument. Pretty heated argument, unfortunately. They both call it quits at the end of it. Hang up and say, fuck them. I can't deal with them. I don't want to talk to them. Don't want to be around them. Hey, guess what, folks? You know, shit happens. You know, not everyone's going to like you. It's just the way it is. Unfortunately, they had a falling out. They don't like each other. They can't deal with each other. Okay, that's fine. I brought them together. It's my fault. I thought they were, you know, they're, they're two of my best friends. Honestly, <clears throat> to this day, I talk to Rick. I talk to John pretty much almost every day or every other day. I talk to him all the time. We're good friends. We're close. Keep them separated. That's fine by me. Totally fine. I can do that. And I've done that since this time. It's all good. I can have my own relationship with these guys. I just thought I could try to bring them together and all of us have a great conversation. Unfortunately, get your Sharpie out. That's another notch on the side of my plane as another failed attempt at trying to do another podcast because AGG is in absence and I love to podcast. Hello. I love it. Trying to bring it together. Shit happens, man. It's all good. I love those guys. I mean, even John, I'm, I talked to fucking John today. He's going to come over. He's going to bring out a, He's getting a new keyboard, a new guitar, and a new bass synth pedal. We're going to write some funky-ass motherfucking music right here at the Heine House. I cannot wait. That is this year, folks. This year. We've come to the end of the last year here. I'm going to talk about what's happened this last year, which is kind of a, kind of a biggie. Last year was fucked. <laughs> and then um, I'm going to kind of give my uh, Jerry Springer final thought, and then we're going to wrap it up. I don't want this to come off unfortunately a lot of this kind of sounds like negative and, and drama filled and, and, and me, this is really about me opening up and expressing what's really gone on in my life, how I've overcome it and how I'm using this as strength to move forward and to continue to make creative content for you guys and to be strong. This is again, this is part of me healing too, folks. Like, this is all part of it. You know, I'm not a drama person. I don't, I don't do that. I don't want to get clicks, talk about drama and, you know, all that. But in this, I want to just kind of open up and come clean. I think this is this, as much as it may not seem like it. I hope it does. But this is a celebration. <laughs> I know you're like, what is it? This is a celebration. It's supposed to be celebrating the last 10 years. And you know what? It hasn't all been pretty. That's life. All right. That's life. Hasn't always been pretty. I've had, I've probably had more downs than ups and that's okay. That's just the life that I've, I've lived and it's, it's all right. It's okay. I'm not trying to justify it. I'm just trying to justify it. 
<laughs> so here we are, 2019. This is actually a pretty big year here. A lot of shit went down. Yeah, I've got a lot of notes here, but let's let's start from the beginning. So January 29th, I film us in the game room right behind me here in the store. I film us in the Wii Shop channel the night before the Wii Shop channel closes down completely. We're in there spending the last Wii Shop points that we have on my console, my, my day one purchase console. I think I had like 1,800 points. So I'm spending them. I'm downloading games. We're playing games. It's a lot of fun. That's January 29th. A few months later, see, there's a little absence here. I'm working graveyard. It's hard to get videos out. I'm stressing out, man. I'm working hard. I'm eating like shit. I'm not getting a lot of sleep. It's, it's difficult. I'm having a rough time. Stressing out, man. And then this is when it all comes to a head. Mid-February, I wake up early in the morning. Uh, to go to work, I get up to take a piss. I do. I go pee. I try to go back, get back in bed for a little brief snooze. Hit the snooze button, hop back into bed. Start to feel really like lightheaded and kind of nauseous and very odd. I start to get tingly. I sit up in the bed and I start to feel like all I can explain it is that I feel like myself vanishing. I really do. I feel like I'm disappearing. Everything goes white and I don't remember anything. And I black out. Luckily, I fall backwards instead of forward into the fucking bins and shit there. I would have hurt myself. I fall back on the bed, slam into Steph. She wakes up, completely panicked, turns on the light, comes over to me. I am completely white as a ghost, passed out on the bed. She tries to wake me up. She's like shaking me, trying to get me up, like touching me, like yelling my name, screaming my name. I come to, I don't know how long it was. I don't remember what she said. 10 seconds, 15 seconds, seemed like forever. I come to just to hear her on top of me screaming my name. And she sits me up and I just feel horrible. I feel like I've just, I'm like, I feel like nothing. It's the, it's the strangest feeling in the world. And I just remember saying, I don't feel right. And I think I need to go to the hospital. And she's like, yes, yes. And she's putting on her shoes and a jacket and she's putting a jacket on me and she grabs me and picks me up. And I don't remember anything. I guess we go to the car. I guess she drives me to the hospital. I don't remember any of it. I just remember like, that was the last I remember. And then I just remember being in the hospital and going back there and then putting an IV in my arm. And then I remember just like, them doing that and looking at me. And I just remember saying, nurse, uh, is this supposed to make me feel lightheaded? I remember saying that. And then she goes, no. And that's all I remember. And I pass out again. And I just remember them. I remember them putting the defibrillator pack over my heart. It's this big, huge thing that they can attach and shock me if they need to revive me. And I just remember waking up from that with that on me, with them ready to shock me if needed. They're putting things on my head. They're putting electrodes all over my body. There's another IV going in in this arm. I got two IVs. And I just... I just remember them saying, we got to send him to the heart hospital. 
something with his heart. It's got to be. He's passing out. And I'm just like, what the fuck, you know? He said, you're going to ride, you're going to go to the heart hospital. We're going to take you via ambulance. And I just remember saying, no, 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 no ambulance. I can drive. That's really expensive. I hear they're really expensive. They're like, oh, well, we don't really care. You're not driving. I said, well, Stephanie can drive. And like, no, no, you need to go by ambulance. I'm like, fuck. I remember saying to her, I go, fuck, nurse, you know how expensive those are? I said, ma'am, I don't have insurance. I can't, no. She's like, sorry. It's like, fuck. I knew then. I fucking knew then it was expensive. God damn it. Listen, we were scared out of our mind. All right? I was freaking out. We were scared. And I, I'm no doctor, and I'm not one to give advice when it comes to this. But let me just say something. I'll tell you this. If you don't have insurance here in the United States, all right, and I, I know a lot of people are going to be like, oh, I live in Canada and it's free and it's great. And I fucking, maybe I should move up there. I wish, I wish I had that. Lucky you guys take advantage of it. But here in the United States, if you don't have insurance and you have to go to the hospital, you're fucked. You're fucked. I'm just putting it, putting it lightly. It's too expensive. It's so expensive to go. It is nothing but a fucking crapshoot. I told Stephanie again, if I ever, have a situation, unless my leg is amputated, unless my leg is cut off, unless I cut my leg off completely and they need to reattach it, unless that happens, don't take me to the hospital. I would rather sit here and suffer and deal with bullshit than have to go in and pay thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. It changed the entire landscape of my financial situation. Once again, have another strike on the side of the plane. Snoopy's got like a fucking 10 shots here. There's fucking planes are going down. They strap me up. They put me in this fucking rolly thing stretcher. They wheel me out. They put blankets all over me, which blankets are 10 bucks a pop, by the way. They're expensive. And they put me in the, in the ambulance and they ride me out to the heart hospital, which is about, you know, 15 minutes away. I'm in the back of the ambulance and I'm sitting there. And the guy in there, really friendly guy, real nice guy from the East Coast, cool guy, was telling me, oh, yeah, man, don't even worry about it. A pacemaker today, super low stress. All they have is a little thing coming out of you now, a little electrode. It's great. You don't even have to see it. It's fantastic. Tucks under your shirt. Don't even worry about it. Pacemaker's not a big deal, kid. You'll be fine. I'm sitting there looking at him like, pacemaker? What the fuck? I'm fucking freaking out, dude. I'm in an ambulance, and this dude's talking about a pacemaker. I'm looking back. I'm facing backwards in the, in the ambulance, and I see Stephanie. She's following the ambulance the whole way. Her face is so frightened. It is so fucking scared. It is... It was so difficult for me to see that. Just to see the, see how scared she was. You know, <laughs> sorry. It just, we were both scared. We were freaking out. I, I had never been in ambulance before. Never been.
I'm contemplating many things right now. I'm going through all, like everything's flashing before my eyes right now in my mind. I'm contemplating my entire, my entire life's work right now. I'm thinking, why am I here? What am I doing? What's it all for? And what is the fucking point? These weird thoughts going through my mind right now. While I'm in the back of this hospital looking at how scared she is. All I want to do is get out and go back home. Because I, I feel okay. I don't know if I'm okay. I'm just honestly not really sure about anything while I'm in there. They wheel me up, put me in a room next to this guy who's screaming in pain, agony. He's having his leg amputated. They finally take him out the next morning, go have his leg amputated. Another guy comes in to take his place. It's a guy who's dying of cancer. He's in pain. He's screaming. His wife is bedside with him all night long as he screams in pain. I can still hear him in pain. I was laying there by myself listening to this man die next to me. And I'll never forget that. His wife just sat there and sobbed. There's nothing she could do. There's nothing I could do. And there was nothing the doctors could do. The next day, the doctors came in and hospice came in to discuss options. They told her he's either going to die in this bed, in this room, or they can take him and give him as much medicine as he needs to try to be in less pain at home with hospice while he died. As I'm laying in a bed next to him with nothing standing in the way between us but a sheet. And it's at that point that I'm contemplating everything that's gone on in my life, everything that I've done. I'm thinking about every bad decision I've made, every smart decision I've made, every risk I've taken, every risk I've not taken. I'm questioning why I'm here, what I'm doing, and what is the point? What is my purpose? And truthfully, I, I can't answer it. I don't know. I mean, I think I know. I tell myself, yeah, I know. But I don't really know. As I lay here in this fucking scrub in my boxers how did I even get my clothes off I don't even know 
Where are my clothes? Why does this nurse come by every two hours to check my pulse? You know? I'm in my 30s. What the fuck is going on? The next morning, the doctors come in. And they say, we're going to do a bunch of tests on your brain, your head, your heart, your neck. We need to do many, many tests to find out what is wrong with you. Okay. Okay. What the fuck do I say? No, please let me walk out of here. I don't, I've never been in there. I don't fucking know. Near the doctors. You probably know. Okay. Figure it out then. I, I feel okay. How do you feel? I feel okay. The next two days are fucking brutal. I go through uncountless amounts of tests. MRI, EKG, EGG. I have a joke here. AGG, MGG. Those are jokes. Alton Gamer. You guys get it. But truthfully, I go through all these tests. They have me. I have electrodes attached to my head and my scalp. They have me like close my eyes. They flash light into my eyes. They see my brain activity. They're monitoring this. They're monitoring my reaction. They're, they go through an MRI. I sit in a fucking claustrophobic MRI and hear the knocking for a half hour. They put this gel all over my neck and my chest and they scan and look through my heart and my neck. They check my arteries. They check everything. They check my fucking... You check everything. Only they don't check in my dick. <laughs> don't let them look at that. Doctors come back and say, yeah, you totally healthy. Like, yeah, you're, you know, slightly overweight, you know. You know, don't get diabetes, lay off the sugar. You know, if you like to like to do that, stop doing that. That will help with your weight, but they say, yeah, no, your heart's good. Your brain's good. Everything's functioning. In fact, he told me, you know, the doctor said to me, he goes, you know, your brain activity is actually above normal. It's pretty active. It's very active. It's more active than what we usually see. That's what he said to me. I said, that makes sense. I'm a motherfucking artist. I'm a thinker. This shit is always going. I said, you know, you should see my feet at night. I said, man, at night when I sleep, my feet are drumming. Bro, they are going. You got to see those. <laughs> Man. Three days later, I'm like, can I leave, please? I told, I told the, the nurse, look, look. Y'all can't tell me shit about me. Y'all say I'm healthy. Everything's amazing. I feel normal. I, I, I'm, I feel great. I said, but please, I can't afford another. I said, I don't have insurance. She goes, huh? Oh, like you just knew about that. She goes, oh. Yeah, I'm mad at her. You know why? Because she comes in. No, no, here's how it works. Here's how it works. The last doctor comes in, the heart, uh, the heart doctor, the final doctor comes in. And he goes, yeah, there's nothing wrong with your heart. Your heart's fine. And he goes, we need to do more tests on your brain. And I said, no. And I said, I said, no more tests. I was like, you try to do tests. You told me nothing's wrong. He's like, well, we need to monitor it in the future. We need to continue to monitor you. And I go, yeah, you'd like that, I'm sure. I said, 
I said, I, I don't have insurance. I can't be here any longer. He goes, fine, fine, fine. He goes, but you need to, you need to follow up with me. You need to call me after and every couple of weeks come back for a follow-up. Yeah. At my expense. Fuck right off. Yeah. I told them to fuck right off. I'm not doing that. Cause, cause guess what? He goes, okay, here's how it works. Then you're going to go home. You cannot drive. You cannot work. You cannot do any, uh, activity that will strain your body, your brain, your heart, nothing. You need to relax. If you're stressed, you need to de-stress. If you're working, you need to stop. You need to just, you need to eat clean. You need to fucking relax. That's what he said to me. He goes for three months at three months. If you haven't fainted again, you'll be, you're good. And I'm like, what? He writes all this shit down. I'm like, oh, that's fucked. That's fucked. How am I going to get through this shit? Right? I say, okay, fine. That works. Get me out of here. So I signed the papers and three days later, three days later, and I'm looking at the bill as I walk out of the hospital. I am in disbelief because the bill for my little three, of my little three day stay at the hospital is $42,000. And I am like, what the fuck? I am worth more dead dude actually no i i'm not even worth that much <laughs> wow so i'm i'm like wow okay i am fucked i am fucked i am fucked i am fucked i can't work i can't drive i can't okay can't do shit This is a dark time. It's a dark time. I go, I fall back into a state of depression. I'm extremely sad. I'm angered. Once again, I am here at the house. Um, my work's calling. They're wondering what's going on. How, how am I? I didn't show up. What's going on? It's, uh, it's a scary time. So I spend the next few weeks sleeping, depressed, trying to figure out what to do, trying to put my thoughts in order. Um, I'm speaking with my parents on and off, you know, my retired parents. Uh, they've since moved back to Oregon, by the way. That happened back in uh, 2011. I didn't put that on there, but yeah, they they moved back to Oregon. Um, I'm talking to them on the phone. And I'm telling them what's going on, telling them the situation, you know, the sitch. And they suggest, they say, well, why don't we drive down there? Why don't we drive you to and from work? Because the schedules don't work with Steph. She can't do it. She has to work. Schedules don't work. She wouldn't be able to work and take me to work and then come pick me up. And it just wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. <laughs> she goes, why don't we come down? My mom says, why don't we come down and drive you to and from work for the next three months? It's already been a month, by the way. So it'd be two months So for the next two months. And I'm not one to say like, you know, I'll be like, oh no. Oh shit. Oh, shit. 
Sorry, drop the uh, <laughs> drop the thing. There. Did, I, did I stop it? No, I didn't. Okay, good. Drop my little laptop here. <laughs> and I'm usually not one to be like, you know. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Come on down. You know, I'm like usually I'm like oh, I'm cool. I'm cool. Everything's fine. But I was like, you know what? I have no other option. If you guys are willing to come down, I will love you forever. I always do. But yes, yeah, come down. Please do. They said, cool. They packed their shit up the next day. They were on the road. They, they packed their shit up that night. They were on the road and they were down here in three days. This is, this is the relationship I have with my parents. This is why I'm so close to my parents. We have this kind of bond. My dad, who should not be doing this in his 60s, he's retired. He's an old man. He fucking worked his ass off his whole life for us, for our family. And here he is having to come down here and drive me to work. His son. This man should be partying on an island in, in Tahiti with coconut bra babes and martinis. But he's here driving me to work at five in the morning for two months straight without questioning it, without batting an eye. I love my parents. I'm very thankful to have them. It's not just that, you know? I mean, there's so many things. They gave us a, a wonderful childhood. I'm very thankful. And I'll always hold that close. Always, no matter what. So the next two months are rough, you can imagine. Getting up at 4 a.m., having my dad drive me to work, then coming back to pick me up at 2 p.m. Round trip, it's 95 miles. It takes two hours, sometimes two and a half hours of commute time every single day for the next two months. This is the commute that I do on my own, by the way. This is just something that he had to do because he's driving me. This is a commute that I do every day. It fucking blows. Imagine driving 100 miles every day and spending two hours in your car. It fucking sucks. And if you have it worse, I'm sorry. I feel bad for you. We should all go to a, a pity party and have some tea and scrumpets together. Needless to say, it was not easy. Not for any of us. But we got through it. It was actually funny because um, my work said you can't work, you can't do anything for three months. I told them to fuck right off. There's no fucking way. I also, I, I laughed when they, when, when I called them. And they're like, yeah, you know, you, remember, you can't do anything because I tried to get a note. And they were going to put that in the note. And I go, fuck, I can't have them put that in the note. I call my work and I lied and I said, yeah, they said uh, I can't. They said I can't um, work for just a month, but I'm good. It's been over a month now. I'm coming in. I'm fucking coming in. I need to make this paycheck, bro. I need to make that money because uh, $42,000 will not just pay itself. And the doctors, they're not going to fucking pay it because guess what? Uh, they need to take that $42,000 and I'm going to fucking pay him and go on an island in Tahiti and have bikini bras serving fucking martinis. That's what's going to happen. Oh, shit. So during my first month off, though, I took this time, obviously, to sleep, recoup, and really think about my life. 
think about my direction. Think about things. I spent this time to be productive. I did do some productive things. Um, I took this opportunity to launch, uh, to plan and launch my new podcast, Heine House Live. It's actually uh, a great thing. Here we are. You know, this, this is fantastic. A, a great platform for me to podcast and talk about stuff. Um, I do this weekly and uh, I planned it during the month that I had off. It was something in the back of my mind anyway, but now I had the time and the opportunity to sit for a month, plan it out, do it properly. And hey, I think it's doing pretty well. You guys seem to really like it and I love doing it. I'm going to continue to do it. Uh, as long as I have support on Patreon, of course. Um, I also took that time to write a song. I wrote a song during that, that time. I produced a song in uh, a long time and uh, I was very inspired to do so coming what it seemingly felt like close to death to me in my very own way. I know it may have just been a blackout or a faint, but I had never done that before. It was very scary and it had been life changing for me. It really was. I wrote a song called breathe. It's a single and I released it uh, later on uh, that month. Uh, and it helps me heal and it helps me move forward and it helps me move on from the situation. Um, you can listen to it. It's on Spotify and online and YouTube. And I made a music video. It's out there. Check it out. Um, I continue to release podcast episodes, play games on Twitch, play uh, American Truck Simulator, Baja, Edge of Control. Uh, I said goodbye to online services like Drive Club on PS4. It was very, very sad. We said goodbye to the Wii Shop channel. Um, you know, a lot of other things happened during that month. And um, I was able to get back on my feet and get back to work and make some money and get back in the swing of things. Um, later on in the summertime, once I was able to drive, uh, I got back to driving and it was wonderful. I love driving. I don't love driving to work every fucking day, but I love driving cars. So it was good to get back in one. Uh, later on that year, my cousin Justin came down to visit for a few days. It was a good long weekend. We had a great time playing games like we usually did. My friend Brandon came out here for the very first time. I spoke of him earlier. He came down to AZ for the first time in the summertime. We had great time, great pizza, great games. We played VR. It was awesome. Had fruit snacks. He's such a good friend. Um, quarter three, I shut down my old outdated website. And uh, I spent, uh, let's see, where am I at? Uh, quarter three, I shut down my old website, HeineHouseEntertainment.com. The URL was way too fucking long. Hey, learning lessons, learn through uh, trial and error here. But shut that down, and I up, updated and upgraded my website completely on a new platform, and I built a website from the ground up. It's interactive. It has my entire life's work on my website. It has everything you could possibly want to know about me, my music, contact, Thrifting videos, Twitch, it's all there. Social media, music, you name it. This is a hub that you can go if you want anything to know and see and learn about me. And I'm appreci I am appreciate you guys going there. It's heinyhouse.com. You know that's the website. And it took me a couple of months to really build that out right. And uh, I'm excited for it. Thanks to, thanks to everyone who helped me build that. Um. November, I put the finishing touches on my EP, which is something I haven't released music since Breathe, but a full length. Well, this isn't full length. This is just an EP, but an album, a physical album. Haven't released it in a long time, since 2012, actually. And, uh, and on November 24th of 2019, I released... Wait, where is it? I have it here. I thought I... Yeah, I got it right here. Let me pull, Let me pull it out. <laughs> 
right here. Couple skate. If you can see it, there it is. Couple skate. That camera's not going to focus. But yeah, couple skate. Check it out. Throwback, retro stuff, you know. Pretty nice. It's on my website. You can buy it. Check it out. Uh, really happy with the music, too. It's a good direction. I think I'm going to continue that direction and make some more music in that vein. Kind of like, uh, you know, new disco, kind of funk, pop, electro, funk, some house. It's really cool. I like it. I'm going to continue on it. Um, I've produced music videos for all those songs that are on that album, and I'm slowly releasing them. I think I have two more to go. Uh, I spent Patreon money and invested in a 4K HD DSLR camera that I now use to film podcasts on my YouTube videos. And I also use it as the webcam for my Twitch page when I go live. And it's gorgeous. And it's something I should have done easily five years ago that may have helped me in the long run, but um, I did not do it and I regret it. But I'm on the camera that you're seeing right now. It's fantastic. It's a DSLR Panasonic camera and it has completely changed the look of my content and podcast. And I love it. It's beautiful. Uh, we round out the year saying goodbye to Fr with Fry's Electronics as we do a walkthrough, Steph and I. And we start to say goodbye to that as there seems like they're going out of business. Some say they're not, but who knows? I think they are. And then we also say hello to White Castles. They open up one in Arizona. We shoot a video showcasing the food and trying the burgers there for the first time. That was one of the last videos I posted on YouTube as of recording this video. And looking in the future in 2020, Honey House is getting a brand new brand logo, something that continues the boombox theme, something I've had since the beginning of the Honey House brand. Um, it's a brand new logo. It looks fantastic. And not rebranding anything like I've done in the past, but a new logo and a new promotional logo that will look good on shirts, merch, mugs, whatever have you. And soon we'll be selling merch for Heine House. It looks very, very cool. I can't wait. Uh, I want to get a shirt and a hat personally. <laughs> so it's going to be great. The website's going to be redone with the new brand. And then of course, across the board, social media, banners, logos, all that sort of thing. New Twitch, um, Icons as well, stream starting soon, stream ending, have new emoticons, a bunch of new stuff. Very, very cool coming that's currently in the works for 2020. So here's my Jerry Springer's final thought. I made some notes here. So what have I learned in the last 10 years of putting myself online and being here? Well, this is an interesting one. I started to write, then I deleted it all, started again. I can't really get my thoughts together. I don't think I can actually express everything in my mind the way I want to, the way I feel, the way I... I actually I feel with all this. And I think that's that's why I be creative and do other things like music and videos and and even even this, even this right here, just trying to sit down and just like talk it out. I think this is why artists do different things is because we can't always express how we feel either verbally or, you know, people write, they write books, they write poetry. It helps, helps get that. And I'm just thankful enough to be able to get some of that out. So I guess I'm I'm kind of like building up to this is that what have I learned? Well, I may not be able to say it completely. And, and there's so much I missed in these years. I, this is way too long of an episode. And if you listen to it all the way through, I love you. I appreciate you. I hope it was a good listen, but I know it's really long. And I don't really care. I, I, I just want to be able to say this stuff. Um, so I've missed a bunch of stuff too, but it doesn't really matter. What matters is that... <sighs> just kind of have to like love yourself you know you have to 
you have to believe in yourself. You have to invest in yourself and you have to receive help when you need it. Ask for help when you need it. You have to be the best version of yourself at all times and embrace change, embrace others, give and receive and um, always be watching. Keep your eyes and ears out. Be aware of your surroundings, you know, like understand your crowd, know what's going on. Um, and just continue to enlighten, you know, that's, that's always the big, big important thing. I've said it before, man, you know, we don't know what tomorrow brings. We really don't. It's crazy. It's like, I could die next week and then this gets uploaded and you guys are like, holy shit, he fucking crazy you know like you never know it's happened i'm jumping ahead though i'm getting way ahead of myself what have i learned in the last 10 years i guess kind of related to youtube well any tips or advice i can give for youtube i don't know <laughs> do i have it all no i don't have it all the name of your channel plays a huge role i will say that it plays an important role you might not think it does and others will say it probably doesn't, but you know what? If you want longevity on your channel, if you want people to continue to watch and be there and connect with you, I think it does play a role. I think it does have not just a small role either. I think it's kind of an important role in your channel branding. So pick your channel name properly, get it right the first time. Like my dad has always said, do it right the first time. I wish I would have heeded to that on several occasions, but pick your name right, pick wisely Set it that and leave it. Don't change it because rebranding yourself fucks things over and makes people all confused, especially if you change it to something completely different like I did. Oh, so rough. Don't do that. Um, being a variety show like I am, it might not be the best idea. I don't really know. I, uh, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to put, I'm trying to put an excuse on it. I'm trying to figure out why it is, right? Is that the best idea? Is it not? Um, if I had to limit myself to just one thing to do on my channel, like a lot of people, I would go insane. And now the argument would be, well, yeah, but we're successful with that one thing. And yes, you are, but you're also a fucking sucker because who wants to just sit and do just one thing? I don't know. I guess if you take off with it and you're popular with it, then maybe that's good. Maybe you just say, fuck it. Screw the rest. Me? No, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. I want to do, I want to express everything that I love to do openly. And in one place, I saw Gamester have like five channels. He's got like five YouTube channels or used to anyway. And he was always like, oh, you know, there's a lot. Like I posted here, I posted here, I posted here. And that may work for him, but I don't know that that would necessarily work for me. I don't know. I thought about it. Maybe I should do a channel just for thrifting. You know, I thought about maybe starting a car uh, YouTube channel, just talking about cars, maybe doing car reviews. I love cars. I've always loved cars. I think it'd be great. That might be worthwhile to do on a separate channel but i'd rather just keep it all together on one makes it easier for me and then just put it in a playlist will i get the traction i don't know see the thing is is i look at heine house as not so much as of a channel as it is like a a net like a tv network like when you tune into like abc abc has all these different things that you can watch throughout the day right well heine house is kind of the same thing i've got all these different things that you can watch throughout anytime you want it's got thrifting. It's got music. It's got music videos. It's got live performances. It's got podcasts. It's got this, it's got that. You can do whatever you want in here. You can watch whatever you want. It's like a network, a TV network. Now, I mean, I've got almost 500 
500 plus videos up there on YouTube. And, you know, you can do what you want with it. I think that's great. I think that keeps it all in one spot. But I don't know. Maybe it's more confusing. See, this is where you guys could come in and kind of talk to me about it and tell me about it. Um, about what you think. It's, it's very interesting. Um, yeah, I don't want to just keep it down to one thing for sure. Being consistent is key. Uh, I will say that. And being consistent on uploading your videos and keeping the content fresh, that's always a plus. I think that's, even when like streaming and doing things, that's a number one thing. Don't try to spread yourself too thin, but you know, I don't want to call anyone out, but you know, a lot of people just do one thing, right? They just do one thing or a couple of things and they can consistently do it. It's like, again, this is part of my problem is that I do so many different things that it, it gets difficult. Some things get left behind because I'm trying to do other things. You know what I mean? Like it's kind of, once again, it's kind of my problem. It's kind of my issue that I, I built it this way. So if people want thrifting. Well, I don't get, I don't have time I don't, if I didn't work my full-time job, yeah, I could do thrifting and podcasts and live stream. I could do all of it, you know, but it's like, we need to grow this though. It needs to be able to support. And the fact is just, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't, it's too, too difficult. Um, you know, maybe we can grow it to that point. I would love that. I would love to grow it to that point. This has been my whole goal from the beginning. Like, let's fucking do it. I mean, I would love to win the lottery, but you know, I don't see that happening anytime soon. <laughs> so until that happens, you know, we're going to continue to grow and continue to try to create and and uh, bring a content to you guys. I love doing it. Um, just wish it would wish it would jump off so that you know I can continue and do it full time. That's the goal. <laughs> um, so yeah, being consistent is is key. Um, um, you know, Stephanie, uh, I, I make a joke about this. Stephanie and I we have a plan, and this is a plan that uh, I came up with uh, years ago. It's called Tunnel and Funnel. Uh, this plan is I would like Stephanie to find herself a sugar daddy and me a sugar mama. What we're going to do is we're going to get together with them. We're going to marry them. All right. And then once we marry them, we are going to go um, on trips and do all these fun, fancy things. And then please, folks, don't look bad on me. Please don't, you know, don't look, don't look down on me for this. But we're going to divorce them. And then what we're going to do is we're going to tunnel and funnel that money right back into our joint bank account. And then what we're going to do is we are going to meet up Stephanie and I on an Island in Tahiti and have coconut bra chicks deliver both of us martinis. That is the tunnel and funnel plan. I suggest all of you try to do the same again, talk to any of the millionaires in the room. They're all say the the best way for you to get rich, to be a millionaire is to marry one. That is some real talk. That is some real shit. Tunnel and funnel. On a serious note, though, all joking aside, you know, I look back on my history on YouTube and I can see a clear distinction of what people watch. Um, you know, and sometimes I wonder, like, what would have been a better option for me? You know, I don't want to manage three or five YouTube channels, but would, would it have been better to separate everything? Give people whatever they wanted on one channel, just one channel for like music, one channel for thrift and one channel for, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I really want that one-stop shop. I'd rather, rather have that. It's way easier to manage for me, uh, for mentally anyway. But um, in the end, folks, like I've always wanted YouTube to be a place where I could upload all of my life's passions my talents, things that I'm talented at doing, my 
experiences, share my life, share my content, and just share it all with you guys. I always want to. It's fun. I love to. I've always felt people can choose what they want to watch or not. And ultimately, that's the case. That's what they do. But I feel like you could just, if you don't like something, you don't have to watch it. You know, you could always just watch what you want. They're all in playlists. I've just read, I redid my playlist that last year too. That's not on my notes, but I redid all of my playlists on YouTube. Go check them out. They're clean. They're, everything's there. Everything you'd want to watch is there. You want a drum cover? Search it. Drum covers. Boom. It's there. Thrifting? Boom. Binge watch. It's there. Music, behind the scenes, studio stuff? Boom. It's all there. Go check it out. Oh, you want um, uh, Super Nintendo games? Super NES? Boom. Playlist for all Super Nintendo. Boom. Wii? Boom. It's all there. You get the point. <laughs> You know, part of me does feel, I don't know what it is, folks. I, a part of me feels that I never really got the recognition that I should have regarding my, my YouTube channel and regarding some of the content that I've produced. I feel like I was an early adopter in a lot of things, and that may have played a role. I mean, I was doing high def, high quality videos back in the day before anyone was doing it. Not, not that I was the only person doing it. I was just one of the, one of the many, but I was doing high quality content. I was really trying to bridge that gap between retro and modern and bring it into the new times. You know, I really wanted to show people that I had something to offer, something fun, something creative, something to show. I mean, in Ford's time, I thought the videos were very high quality. Maybe not today, kind of, kind of crappy, I guess, but crap quality. But if you, if you listen to the video, if you watch the video and the content, if you go back and watch my very first video, RC program, you're going to see in here a very similar setup to what I'm doing right now. Very similar. I'm talking about comedy. I'm talking, I'm making, I'm cracking stupid jokes. I'm having fun. I'm being myself. And that, that may be part of my problem is that I've always just been myself throughout all of this. Maybe people don't get me. Maybe people don't get it. You know, I don't know. I think about a lot of stuff. I know a lot of fake motherfuckers out there doing shit, getting popular. In real life, they're nothing like that. You meet me, I'll talk to you just like this. We'll be the same. I'm the same right here. Always have, always will be. Ask anyone. That's one thing I can say for sure. I don't know. I don't know, man. I, I can't, I can't meet somebody in public and just ignore them and just walk away. I can't do it. I'm not that cool. I'm sorry. You know, I respect people too much and maybe that's part of it. Maybe, maybe that's all part of the reason that it is the way that I made myself very accessible. Maybe, maybe there's some sort of mystique and, and, and disguise about being not as accessible. I don't know. I've always wanted to build community though. How the fuck do you build a community and not be accessible? I don't get that. If you build a community and there's a whole community of people that love you and do this and you're not there for them, then you don't have a fucking community, right? I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't know. That's why I do Discord and have it up there. That's why I was an early adopter with Discord. I saw the potential in it. That's why we've got a hundred, couple hundred people in Discord. You know, it's a real time chat. You know, you can talk, you can share your stuff. It's great. That's why I do Twitch. That's why I have the chat room. That's why, that's why I do this stuff. Build community. 
most people don't even run their community pages, for fuck's sake. Just so many fake people, so many hacks, man. I don't know, I'll be honest with you guys. Sometimes I feel like it's just me. You know, is it me? People don't fucking understand me. People don't get me. What is it? I don't, I don't understand it. I, I think about it sometimes because I wonder. Because I am just being who I am. <laughs> and I guess people may not like that. I don't know. I don't know. I really don't know. I've always been real and upfront. I've always been honest about shit. And I'm not focusing anything about drama. That's probably a big part of it too. I don't really bring in the drama. I don't like to anyway. I mean, I know drama and sex and all that stuff sells in entertainment, but that's, that's not my business. It's not my focus. I'd rather have a fun place, not focused on that. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe I'm not your typical gamer. I don't know. I've, I've always just tried to adapt and, and be chill with everyone, you know? I'm no different than you. I'm the same as you. We're all the same. I mean, I may not wear socks and sandals, but we're pretty much the same, okay? Other than that, we're the same. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I think the future's bright. I mean, I'm optimistic. I think the future is bright. I'm going to continue making content on all the platforms that I have available to me. I'm going to continue to write music, release it to the world. I'm going to continue to live stream on Twitch and other platforms. I'm going to share my life on social media. We continue to be here for all of you. And I feel this, this is great. And I'm happy. And I think the best may even be yet to come. It's exciting. Just remember. And the hard truth and reality is that in the end, nobody truly cares about you as much as you do. So you need to make sure you're always doing what's best for you from your own mind. If you happen to be lucky enough to have a girlfriend or boyfriend or husband or wife or partner or life partner, if you're lucky enough to have someone like that, that they might hopefully, they love you and They have your best interest at heart. They may not always. So you need to always be out for yourself. You do you. you know, watch out for yourself. Take control of your goals and your dreams. Create your own path. It's only up to you to turn your wheel. You're the only one that can drive it. You know, only you can really see the, the path that's in front of you. And guess what? It's going to be fucking bumpy. It's going to be curvy. It's going to be out of control. And one day you're going to be going 85 down the highway, nice and straight, Route 60. Just totally straight, clear, desert, beautiful, blue sky. It's going to be wonderful. Right into the sunset. It's going to be gorgeous. And then the next day you're going to be sideways on the fucking shoulder of the road, about ready to flip. Car flips. You're going to be ejected. You're going to be decapitated on the way out of the windshield in the front. You know, when you get tired of all the bullshit that's going on out there, you'll be, you'll be looking for something. You'll be trying to look for something 
someone to talk to, someone to latch on to, someone to listen to you, something to hold on to. You're going to be looking for someone. Because you're going to be needing someone. We all need someone sometime. And you need someone to laugh with, someone to be, you know, part of, someone to, to be there for you. Someone to say, hey, this is my friend, you know, it's my, it's my friend here. You know, and after all that, when you're ready, when you're ready and you're looking for that person, I'll still be here. I'll be right here. Why? Because I've always been here. I haven't gone anywhere. In closing, folks, I'm thankful for the last 10 years of me being online here, putting myself out there. I didn't really contemplate it 10 years ago. Didn't really think it'd turn out the way it turned out. I didn't really know what was going to happen. And I didn't really know where it would go or how it would go. But here I am, speaking my mind and my heart to you. And that's really important to me. Putting myself online and getting on YouTube, any of us who do that, if we have the courage to do that, it's something to be rewarded. Doing this 10 years ago is something that I'm most proud of. It's definitely a highlight amongst all the dark days to follow. Prior to 2010, I really wasn't online like this. I mean, it didn't really exist. I mean, I guess I could have put myself on new grounds. <laughs> Just kidding. I am so happy and thankful for all the people that I've met and all the opportunities that have come my way because of that. Too many of you to mention, too many of you to list. And I just want you all to know that I think about every opportunity, every situation I've been in. I do remember them and I'm thankful. If you happen to listen to this all the way through, I appreciate you greatly. This is insane. I don't even know how long it is. But this has been very good for me. I feel very good about it. I feel confident. Even though I'm losing my voice, I still feel that I could talk longer and more with you as a friend. And that's awesome. This has been a good look back. It's been a good look back for me to remember where you came from, how things happened, how they unfolded. been good to look back and see all this, see all these curves, see all these roads. Because in the end, I hope that looking at all these roads will help you plan for your next road trip. Been fun. Love you guys. Good night.